Hello and welcome to the Ham Radio Crash Course Podcast. My name is Josh, amateur radio call sign KI6NAZ. And I'm Leah, KN6NWZ. And we like to talk about them radios. So let's get started, shall we? Hey, Leah. Hey, Josh. How is your week going? Well, I'm working on a deadline, so you're really having to step in on a lot of these kid-tivities. Step in, step on is what I like to say. Yeah, what's called kidtivities. So today you had to step in as a den leader. Den leader for Ben's, Ben's den. den, and and Edison handler. Yes, and as much as Edison can frustrate you, yes, you must realize how much he is your child after you have lamented time after time about the need for there to be uniform standards in our pack. Yes. And Edison is probably the only child who is like, Mommy, you must put these patches, I need the patches on. the in the right order. The patches need to be on. Sewn I need my on. hat. I need... The kid tries to wear his neckerchief and slide with his Class B uniform. <laughs> he tried to, like, negotiate a hat from his den <laughs> he, leader he because he hat. lost his hat somewhere, which we, we don't know where it is, but his scout leader had one. And so he's like... You got a hat there. I don't have a hat. <laughs> so. You could make sure I have a complete put, uniform for put, your den. For the den. For the den. For right? the den. This is help this. me helping all of us. Yes. Yeah. Right? Because look at me. I could be the best dressed one here. Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, 100%. <laughs> but uh, no, no, it was it was for naught. He did not have his hat. Which yeah. it, it did bother him a couple of times. He, he mentioned it to this. He looked over and was like, hat? Yeah. I don't have my hat today. Yeah. Sorry about that. Yeah. But then everybody's like, you know what? Nobody cares about any kind of thing regarding <laughs> uniforms in this group. He's like, but my dad cares. And he's the so only one. I care. He's the only one that cares. I care too, actually. So. Yeah, it drives me insane. Yeah. But anyway, welcome everybody to the Ham Radio Crash Course Podcast. Back for another week talking to you about ham radio and many things in a matter of many living, things. if you will. But we'd like to kick the podcast off with the Ham Radio Minute. It's never a minute. And I was trying to think to myself, and this is a true minute, just everybody just put your thinking caps on. What is your best ham radio tool? Your best. Your best ham radio tool. Mine is you. Yeah, no. I <laughs> Like I set you up for that volleyball spike there. I actually came up with two that I and I couldn't really decide which one I, I cared about the most. The multi-tool, so you know, pliers that has wire stripper, must have a Phillips head screwdriver or have a uh, a bit driver set up or you know exchangeable mm -hmm. bit drivers. Sure. Super important. Or a VNA slash antenna analyzer. From the techie aspect, right, of, of amateur radio operation, okay. the Antenna analyzer, I think, is the most important tool, the best tool. But from a, like, thing that I reach for more often than not on, like, portable activations mm -hmm. or debugging stuff, it's like a screwdriver. It's like a pair of pliers. It's a knife. It's all those things, which a multi-tool all has those packed in. So sure. that's why I give that kind of the nod in my, my favorite tool, if you will. Big reminders, avail yourself of our weekly nets. That's right. HRCC has two weekly nets. We have a digital voice net every Thursday at 6.30 Pacific Standard Time and a Friday HF net at 6.30 
Pacific Standard Time. Both nets are coordinated on our Discord. Link is in the show notes. If you go to the Digital Voice Net or Digital Voice for HRCC chat room or HRCC HF-net, that's where you will find more information. Leah, would you like to take a test? Hmm. You ready? I guess so. Okay. It's time. Well, I'm still in a sub-element G1. What? <laughs> you're, you're still in it because you haven't finished, you haven't seen all the questions? Oh, I've seen 100% of the questions. So what are we doing here? My aptitude's only at 60%. It won't let me move on. So you're just studying now. Yeah. This isn't a practice exam anymore. Like, you're not... Where have you been? Well, I thought you were going to go... <laughs> I thought you were going to go through the sub-element, all the questions, and then move, move on. on. Once I've seen 100%. I thought that's what the plan was. Oh, I thought I was trying to get to a 80% passing rate in each sub-element before I move on. That is a way. I just didn't know that was the way that we were doing it. That's fine. Go ahead. All right. I mean, it, it's you're the one. If you think you're going to learn better this way, then do it that way. Uh, okay, great. When may a third party <laughs> message be or when may third party messages be transmitted via remote control? A, under any circumstances in which third party messages are permitted by FCC rules. B, only when the message is intended for third parties in areas where licensing is controlled by the FCC. C, only when message the message is intended for licensed radio amateurs. Mm-hmm. Or D, under no circumstances except for emergencies. And the answer is A, under any circumstances in which the third party messages are permitted by FCC rules. Mm-hmm. All right. You got that one. Yes. Okay. <clears throat> On which HF or MF amateur bands are there portions where general class licensees cannot transmit? A, 80 meters, 40 meters, 20 meters, and 15 meters. B, 60 meters, 30 meters, 17 meters, and 12 meters. C, 80 meters, 20 meters, 15 meters, and 10 meters. Or D, 160 meters, 60 meters, 15 meters, and 12 meters. And the answer is A, 80 meters, 40 meters, 20 meters, and 15 meters. All right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like maybe I should move on to the next sub-element because <laughs> we've seen them all. I, I'm Whatever you think Let's is going to help it. you learn. All right. Well, <clears throat> oh, that's it. We're just moving. Now you're moving. Yeah, which okay. mode is commonly used for now I am in sub-element G2. That's operating procedures. Okay. Yeah. Which mode is most commonly used for voice communications on frequencies of 14 megahertz or higher? A, double sideband, B, upper sideband, mm-hmm. C, suppressed sideband, or D, lower sideband. The answer is B, upper sideband. Correct. Which mode is most commonly used for voice communications on the 160, 75, and 40 meter bands? A, double sideband, B, lower sideband, C, suppressed sideband, or D, upper sideband? I got this wrong. This is a tricky question. It's lower side band on those bands. Okay. B, 
because we just talked about voice communications on upper side bandwidth. Correct, but it was 20 meters. Yeah. And we know mm-hmm. that once you get past 30 meters or 10 megahertz, it goes mm-hmm. from upper sideband to lower sideband. All right. You went into 40 meters, mm-hmm. lower sideband. Which mode is the most commonly used for single sideband voice communications in the VHF, UHF bands? A, lower sideband, B, double sideband, C, upper sideband, or D, suppress, suppressed sideband? Mm. The answer is C, upper sideband. Upper sideband. I think we're at five. You think so? Think there's lots of sideband questions you, happening. You're going to get a lot of sideband questions yeah. next week, everybody. So hang right. on to your, <laughs> your collective butts. Well, if you'd like to study along with Leia, we highly recommend the Gordon West Test Prep books. Those are available on Amazon, and you can check out our show notes for that. Leia studies with hamstudy.org. Every time we do one of these podcasts, she's using hamstudy.org. And lastly, we really like the Audible or they're available on Audible, audiobooks from the Fast Track to Your Ham Radio License series. Again, links will be in the show notes, so you can check those out as well. Join the conversation by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts for the Ham Radio Crash Course Podcast and or emailing us at leahamtactical.com. Leaving a review wherever you listen to podcasts will help the Ham Radio Crash Course reach more hams and the ham curious, and we appreciate it. We got one from Spud Gunman. <gasps> Yay for reviews. Spud, Thank you, Spud Gunman. Spud Gunman. Top Rail Podcast. <gasps> wow. First time listener looking for a new hobby and found this podcast recommended for my rotary phone decoder and electronics modding hobby. Wow. I entered the numbers in and it said, drink more Ovaltine. <laughs> so good show. Good luck with you. Thank Five you. Stars. Thank you very much Thank for you. that. We do appreciate it. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Into you the ready? unknown I will go, go. for I shall fear no Let's man go. of peace. One go. foot Come after on. the other, for I am prepared to survive. I'm not allergic to bees. Welcome to Leia's Preparedness Corner. Leia, what are we talking about today? Uh, nothing good. <laughs> nothing good. <laughs> there is some news that's a, afoot. Yeah, uh, we got notices from our local law enforcement and uh, our school district that a former Hamas leader has called for Friday the 13th to be an international day of jihad okay so they're basically the call is for muslims to take to the streets and perform terrorist acts yeah terrorism as it were yeah exactly okay i mean i don't (laughs) it is so and this is definitely my privilege here Right, right. That I can't even wrap my mind around what that looks like and what kind of preparation needs to happen. Uh, Like preparing for terrorism? Yeah. I mean, there are people who are opting to keep their kids at home tomorrow. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, 
You know, I think for me, it is uh, we we have quite a few Muslim friends in Cerritos mm-hmm. and not all Muslims are extremists, obviously. Of course. Of course. Yeah. Things we learned from 9-11, right? Yeah, absolutely. Right. So it's it's very difficult um, when talking about this day of jihad and Hamas versus, which is really the most vocal Muslim group, right? Okay. At, at in the current day, yeah, yeah. I mean, they they seem to change to whomever's the loudest screamer, right? Every couple of years, yeah. yeah. So instead of me looking at uh, all of the different ways I can be scared. Of mm-hmm. course, I turn to just preparing. Okay. So here is FEMA's guide to terrorism. Not not like four acts of uh, terrorism. Yes. yes. <laughs> that would be Noah's guide. Right. <laughs> for terrorism. Terror- How to prepare for terrorism. I'm I'm, I'm going to drop this From in Noah. the show notes. Yeah. Um, it's like 34 pages, so I'm not going to read all oh, of it. Oh, that is quite a lot. Okay. But... So they suggest of this terrorism uh, preparedness guidebook to use part four to learn what actions to include in your family disaster plan to prepare and respond to terrorist threats. Okay. So we're going to go there. Okay. Uh, It says... Part four is actually broken up into a number of... (laughs) Scary things. Yes. First one's explosions. If there is an explosion, you should get underneath a sturdy table or desk, uh, just like you would in earthquakes, to in case that there are things falling. Okay. Right. Yep. yep. Uh, when things stop falling, you leave quickly. Be very careful to check for weakened floors and stairways. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you exit a building, make sure you're checking for any kind of falling debris before you run out of the building. Okay. Yep. Uh, but leave the building as quickly as possible. Do not stop to retrieve personal possessions or make phone calls. Do not use elevators. Hey, yeah, just calling to tell you I'm evacuating the building. Yeah. <laughs> Don't stand in front of windows, glass doors, or any other hazardous areas. Mm-hmm. Move away from sidewalks or streets so that uh, the emergency teams can make their way uh, through using those major paths. If you are trapped in debris, use a flashlight to signal your location to your rescuer. So that's one right off the bat. Your EDC needs to have flashlight, right? Of course. On your person. Yeah. Uh, Avoid unnecessary movement so you don't kick up dust. That's interesting. If you're trapped in debris, cover your nose and mouth with anything you have on hand okay uh dense weave cotton material uh so a handkerchief would be another great thing to have on your gentleman edc or gentlewoman edc Mm -hmm. sure uh tap on a pipe or wall so that rescuers can hear where you are okay if possible use a whistle to signal rescuers Mm -hmm. i don't know a lot of adults who carry whistles on them but i do do you? Oh, yeah. You did. You printed them, 
but before that, I had a titanium whistle that I would usually have in my pocket or on my keychain. That is something that Scouts really recommends yeah. that uh, the the Scouts bring around with them. Do you, I mean, do you know why, right? It's like the simplest concept, right? A whistle, obviously, is a mm-hmm. signaling device. Yeah. You can send your energy in the form of a whistle mm-hmm. much more effectively and further than you screaming for help. There you go. Well, I mean, it's it's a Morse code example. Sense. It's like Morse code. Yeah. If you if you yell, mm-hmm. right, your your voice is only going to go so far, but a whistle is mm-hmm. going to go consistently further, and it's going to cause you less expulsion of your energy. It says here to shout only as a last resort, mm-hmm. because shouting will also cause you to inhale dangerous amounts of dust. Uh, yeah, and depending on what caused the explosion, you mm-hmm. may be dealing with dust you do not want to inhale. All right. The next category of threat mm-hmm. is biological. Okay. Okay. Aerosols. Biological agents are dispersed into the air, forming a fine mist that may drift for miles. Okay. Inhaling the agent may cause disease in people or animals. Uh, some diseases are spread by insects and animals, by by things such as fleas, mice, flies, mosquitoes, and livestock. Uh, food and water contamination, some uh, pathogenic organisms and toxins may persist in food and water supplies. Most microbes can be killed and toxins deactivated by cooking food and boiling water. Mm-hmm. Uh, but... Most microbes can be killed by boiling water from one for one minute or longer. And then obviously there's person to person spread, infectious disease. So sure. before a potential biological Boil attack, your friends. Exactly. <laughs> so uh, make sure all of your uh, immunizations are up to date. I mean, okay. There's some immunizations that will have no effect on some of these that's you know, true. Biological yeah. entities. Yeah. We're not getting. That's the kind of There's stuff you not, get, like in the military. But the right? re, but the reality is that there are not actually that many new strains of diseases. Most strains are developed biological weapons wise or just by natural progression off of existing strains of things that we do have vaccines for. One of the reasons sure, that I guess that COVID was so damaging Mm -hmm. was that it was a virus that our immune systems had not previously seen Uh, and it was very rare it was like fauci even said that it's like a once in a lifetime virus for him he recanted that he recanted that later (laughs) right saying we don't know if another one right right, right. that's it we're good in his back pocket so that if another one does come Nobody Wait comes a second. Back you said, said that, it was once in a lifetime. You said if you're still living, there won't be another one. Yeah. <laughs> so it sounds like we need to kill you. But I mean, he he basically said that he had prepared his whole life for the potential of this happening. How'd that go for him? I, I guess it depends on who you talk to. Mm-hmm. I think he might be very proud of himself. <laughs> I don't know. And in in L.A., we had our own Fauci. It was Barbara Ferrer. Oh, yeah. I remember. Good chocolate. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. Not the same person. So, yes, being up to date on immunizations, just for the sake of if something is developed that 
your immune system has some kind of base exposure to it, so it's not as devastating. I mean, if they drop okay. Ebola on you, sure. you're not, you're not, we don't, we don't have a vaccine for that. Mm. I mean, we don't. We're not carrying that, right? We don't just go down that's to the doctor and be like, hit me up with that Ebola joint you got. Isn't like, that? That's not isn't a thing. that the new uh, combo? <laughs> the, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like <laughs> D tappy. That's called like D tape. D tape. <laughs> This is we're giving you the duct tape. Diphtheria. It's the duct tape immunization. Tetanus. What is it? There's pertussis. Pertussis. What's A? I don't know. Anyways, so consider installing a high efficiency particulate air filter in your furnace return duct. Mm-hmm. So the filters that uh, filter. 0.3 to 10 micron range will filter out most biological agents that may enter a house. So okay. there's that. Interesting. If you become aware of any unusual and suspicious substance nearby, move away quickly, watch with soap and water, contact the authorities, listen to the media. For... Trust the media. <laughs> Trust the hypnotoad. I can't. Is it too Seek. is it too raw? Is it too fresh? It is. It is. Yeah. Whew. Seek medical attention if you become sick, of course. If you are exposed to a biological agent, remove and bag your clothes and personal items. Make That's sure that you're walking I... around nude. No. <laughs> So far, that's probably the most effective thing you can do is get the contaminant off of you, yes. right? Like if you get sprayed with something, mm -hmm. right? And let's say that spray has the biological agent on it. You can get your clothes off and away from it probably fast enough that you may not get it. Ah, see, right? that's a good one. Then you follow. I mean, how would you know, though? Because it's some snively whiplash looking guy that's got a big, you know. Yeah. Green flask <laughs> that he's running around with that has the, the skull and crossbones on it. Yeah. You're like, what's that? <laughs> oh, I'm coming for Dudley Do-Right. <laughs> Always that the skull and crossbones. Right. I don't remember what Snively know. Whiplash is. Snively Whip. I just, I think I, I mixed my villain. Snively Whiplash was from Hanna-Barbera. Okay. Dudley Do-Right was from uh, Rocky and Bullwinkle. Rocky and Bullwinkle. And so that would be Boris and Natasha. Yes. So that would be a Russian bad guy. Anyway. Continue. You know, I really like Boris and Natasha, though. I think maybe that went the wrong Moose way. Moose and Squirrel. <laughs> I found them to be delightful. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what a good time where our villains were delightful. Do you remember, kids? Of course you don't. Your villains all suck today. <laughs> it's true. They're so dynamic and, and conflicted. Even like, okay, the problem is when... We knew how to make villains when we were kids. They were the Russians. <laughs> we knew how to make villains that everyone understood was a villain. Right, right, we right. now live in a time where villains could, on the other hand, just be misunderstood. They're <laughs> also victims of of online bullying. Do you that's do you remember? A, that's why they're a, a, a villain now. Uh, Tafiti, the what? in uh, Moana, the bad guy is actually. Just Mother Earth being wronged. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So really, the people did that. <laughs> really? The, it's, the it's villain humans. is the people. <laughs> we, were the, we were the villains all along. Right. Or you look at Black Panther. Mm -hmm. And who was it? Killmonger? Uh, Killmonger had some good ideas. Right. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> When you're watching, <laughs> right, you're wait like, a second, this, this guy. in fact. 
<laughs> a lot of what this, this guy's is... saying is adding up. The evil has always been society, is the current <laughs> message. Society is the bad guy. Made a couple good points. That's... <laughs> <laughs> that was there was even people How that were going around. How confusing is this for children? There were even people that were going around like saying, you know, Thanos <laughs> made a bit of sense. We got an overpopulation problem. He did it very fair, very fair, random. You know, no, <laughs> no. But then the answer to that is always if he could snapping people out of existence, why not snapping resources into existence? Right, 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 right. That was... <laughs> So the part that they couldn't talk about in this, and again, that's why the MCU in the in the in the movies is its own thing. He's just an evil guy. Mm-hmm. Thanos is kind of like an incel. Oh. It turns out that he was very much in love with Death, who oh. is a character and a female personification in the Marvel. Ah, so not just the snapping. So this is like a little Snape. Snape and Lily's situation. No, no, it's like it's like, hey, what's up, baby? I really like your moves. What if I gave you like the biggest job, like of ever? Would you be down with that? Because that's what he did. He killed half of everyone for her, who is death. Oh, it was really a gift to her. Like, here you go, baby. What's up? And then she was like, no thanks. She's like, I don't know, man. This is a lot. Did you have consent? <laughs> so no, but like. Also, she's like, oh, thanks for the free drink. Oh, yes. <laughs> okay, bye. <laughs> okay, bye. Can you give me a tissue, please? Thank you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, uh, moving on with if you're exposed to a biological agent, remove and bag your clothes, wash yourself with soap and water, and put on clean clothes. You know, this is just a life hack. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go ahead and put that out there. All right. Now we're moving into chemical threats. Okay. Before a chemical attack, check your disaster supplies kits to make sure it includes a roll of duct tape and scissors, plastic for doors, windows, and vents for the room in which you will shelter in place to save critical time during an emergency. Pre-measure and cut the plastic sheeting for each opening. Choose an internal room to shelter, preferably one without windows, on the highest level. That I- dang, I was I was gonna wrap this up with how much of this is just like FEMA saying we gotta put something out. Oh no! But none of this is actually like this going one to is save like, you. Biological. Hey. Those were kind of like eh. This well, is actually kind of on point. Okay. So far, like everything they're saying is like oh. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. So during the attack, if you are instructed to remain in your home or office building, you should close the doors and windows and turn off all ventilation, yeah. including furnaces, air conditionings, vents, and fans. Seek shelter in an internal room and take your disaster supplies kit. Seal the room with duct tape and plastic sheeting, and then listen to your radio for instructions from the authorities. Listen to those radios. If you are caught in or near a contaminated area, you should move immediately away in a direction upwind of the source. Uh-huh. 
uh, and find shelter as quickly as possible. Decontamination is needed within minutes of exposure to minimize health consequences. Oh, yeah. Do not leave the safety of a shelter to go outside to help others unless the authorities announce it is safe for you to do so. Because, like, imagine, I know everybody wants to go out there to be a hero, mm -hmm. but there are only so many resources to help decontaminate people. Mm -hmm. So if you are now out there, right. in addition to someone else who is now out there. And you are every, a second victim. And then everyone else is like, oh, well, so-and-so is out there helping. I need to go help, too. Right. You are not going to decontaminate people in time. Right. There will not be enough resources. Well, you, yeah. There, there's also this this is a, a long time terrorist asymmetric warfare type of way to deal with with larger forces and whatnot is you sm you throw a smaller bomb or you set up a smaller bomb. And then the big bomb is mm. 30 seconds to a minute behind the first bomb. Oh, so when everybody runs out, as FEMA just told you to do. When there's an explosion, get out of the building. Get out as fast as you can. Oh, well, no. you just ran into the second bomb. That's terrible. Right. So that was that was one thing I was going to point out. It's like, I don't know. And if that second bomb is actually the chemical agent, you just walked right into it. Yowza. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so here are de decontamination guidelines. Uh, remove all clothing and all other items in contact with the body. Is FEMA just trying to get me naked? <laughs> Uh, put contaminated clothing into a plastic bag, seal it, decontaminate hands using soap and water, remove eyeglasses or contact lenses, put glasses in a pan of household bleach to decontaminate them, then rinse and dry, flush your eyes with water, then wash your face and hair with soap and water, and then thoroughly rinse, then decontaminate all other areas that are like, I mean, why would you not? Just wash your body. I mean, I understand you. It's telling you an order to go. Like, it's going top down. Yeah. Hands first, top yeah. down, all yeah. the way. Like, That's... hands first, which are the yes. things you clean with. Yes. Then get your hair. Get your Everything orifices. from top to bottom. Well, top to yeah. bottom, sure. But you got to get your orifices sure. all cleaned mm -hmm. up first because you're just going to ingest more of whatever crap right. is potentially in yeah. the air. Also, yeah. your hair is a nightmare because it could be full of it, right? Yeah. So, sure, sure. Okay. All right, then the next threat is nuclear blast. Dang. Damn, FEMA. Oh, and they talk about radioactive fallout. I'm just going to... Uh, this will need to just be something that everybody goes and finds in the show notes. You're saying they got to read it for greater It's detail. 34 pages. Of course. Yeah. Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what do we expect? All right, so there's radioactive fallout, electromagnetic pulse. Ooh, that's what we really want to hit. Oh, do you want me to read that? I mean, you can get the high points if you want. Mm. As radio people. This is what well, we're it speaks, the section on electromagnetic pulse, in, a, in addition to other effects, a nuclear weapon detonated in or above the Earth's atmosphere can create an electromagnetic pulse, an EMP, a high-density electrical field. An EMP acts like a stroke of lightning, but is stronger, faster, and shorter. An EMP can seriously damage electronic devices connected to power sources or antennas. This includes communication systems, computers, electrical appliances, and automotive or aircraft ignition systems. The damage could range from a minor interruption to an actual burnout of components. Most electronic equipment within 
a thousand miles of a high altitude nuclear detonation. High altitude. They're actually calling it out. Wow. Could be affected. Battery powered radios with short antennas generally would not be affected. Although an EMP is unlikely to harm most people, it could harm those with pacemakers and other implanted electronic devices. So to take protective measures. To be protected. Don't get Elon Musk brain chip. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. If you were caught outside and unable to get inside immediately uh, after seeing a nuclear blast, don't look at the flash or a fireball. <laughs> That's number one. Dang. It can blind you. Oh, yeah. It's like looking directly into the sun, but the sun is it, you know, in our atmosphere. You're going to take cover behind anything that might offer protection. Mm -hmm. Lay flat on the ground and cover your head. If the explosion is some distance away, it could take 30 seconds or more for the blast wave to hit. And then shelter as quickly as you can because radioactive fallout can be carried by the wind for hundreds of miles. Yes. So, uh, And that goes back to the seal up the doors and windows and all that stuff because you don't want that stuff getting in. Radiological dispersion device. Okay. Like well, a suitcase I'm gonna, nuke? Uh, it's often called a dirty nuke or dirty bomb. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it's it's using depleted uranium and other at, uh, atomic at, uh, isotopes, mm-hmm. and you just strap it to a bomb. Uh, RDDs appeal to terrorists because they require limited technical knowledge to build and deploy compared to a nuclear device. Also, the radioactive materials are widely used in medicine, agriculture, industry, and research and are easier to obtain than weapons-grade uranium or plutonium. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, so I will drop this in the show notes. um, Let me just slap a bunch of cesium on the side of something or beryllium and then just blows it up. And then there's a checklist here of uh, of whether or not you'd be ready. It's a terrorism knowledge check. Oh. I'm not going to ask it. There's, no. Yeah. Uh, and then there's a out. Homeland Link Security Advisory something okay. at the back. So there you go. Okay. There you go. Everybody listening, if you'd like to go check out what looks like, I mean, I- I'll be honest. A lot of this is stuff that's like, I think they put that out there for peace of mind for people. They don't expect people to actually, like, do a lot of this preparedness. Why would you not do it? I, I don't know. But at the same time, I, I don't think anything they said is really wrong, aside from that explosion thing. Like, if, if you're really in an environment that has close in-proximity terrorist attacks happening, like boots-on-the-ground people, like, uh, I don't know, Red Dawn-type stuff happening, mm-hmm. then the whole explosion followed by a subsequent larger explosion, that's something you have to worry about. But I think mm-hmm. they're just thinking, like, a guy and a bomb, right? Mm-hmm. Versus a aggressive front of people with many bombs. Okay. A- anyway, so yeah, not bad. So go to our Discord. Link is again in the show notes. And if you go to the HRCC podcast chat room, there will be links to everything. That no. Lit. What? That's not where I put links. Where do you put links? The links go in the show notes. Oh, we what? talk about them in the, the yes. Yeah. So in the show notes, of course, mm-hmm. there'll be links. But if you'd like to sound off with your preparedness tips are yes. for terrorists mm-hmm. or terrorism, your choice, uh, go ahead and go to the Discord. Links are in the description. Hey, you know how you're doing a thing tomorrow for 
the uh, Friday the 13th. Yes. And so a lot of people are going to be on the air. Mm-hmm. What if the terrible thing that happens tomorrow is an EMP? <laughs> And That's all a, these people fried their radios because it's a contest day. Well, I did make a video uh, called the EMP trash can. Yes. So I, I would assume everybody has their own EMP trash can. But you're operating on the radio. What are you going to do? I've got many radios. The EMP trash can is a radio that's in a Faraday cage. You take it out after an EMP. I'm just saying not everybody has many radios. Also in the uh, Faraday cage is a uh, radio. Uh, it's a radio in a radio. Yeah, all that. Uh, Geiger counter. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, radiation meter. Pretty cool. Okay. So I'm just trying to put off the next subject. That was the. Uh, <laughs> s- that's the EMP trash can Mark II. I'm on second version. Wow. Second version. But yeah, you can't get out of it later. Well, it's, ha- it's ham radio, so you can't even call it a two. You've got to call it something else, like an A. You know, there's Morse code. You're right. I'm on a lot of practice. Stop it. Stop what? You're talking about me and Morse code. What the hell is he saying? It seems they're getting a signal. Old Morse code. Boop, 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 boop. We got contact. We got contact. All right. So, Leah, we're we're still stuck on you. Yeah. So, what? You remember you? Mm. Mm-hmm. That's you. Okay. What's that? Okay. Mm. Okay. R. R. I don't know what just happened there. That was weird. My M. key just stopped working. M. S. 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 Oh, there it is. What? You. You. God, what's M. going on? Hold on. There's something wrong here. My. Bugatti. My Bugatti <laughs> screwed up. Okay. Mm-hmm. You don't know that M? yet. You don't know that yet. Was that not two dits? That's M. Okay. That's two Daws. What? That's M. Those are two Daws? Yeah. Two dits is... That's oh. I. You haven't learned that yet. That's mm. I. Okay. Mm-hmm. R. Yep. M. Was that you? Yeah. Was you? Mm-hmm. You. You. Okay. You ready? Not really. <laughs> Here we go. It's a lot to put me through, honestly. Here we go. <laughs> Three, two, one. too fast was it ukk yeah m close it was s m uh no it was ukk s mm-hmm. then what next k no s 
Then R. Then M. Okay. No, I, I missed a bunch of letters there. Okay. Okay. Let's. It's just happening so fast. Yeah, I don't. No, that's not what I want. Stop. Okay. So I'm curious. Do we have a. All right, Leia. What? Here we go. Maybe. Yep. Okay. Got it. Okay. Leia? Ready? Uh, I guess. Three, two, one. U. Yes. U. Yes. K. U. At some point, is it a K? The very last character. Then it's R? There was two U's and then an R. Okay. S. Yes. M. R. Then K. No, then okay. UMK. Okay. You did significantly better. Right. We lowered the words per minute from 20 to 15. Wow. So. All right. Yeah. Good sport, Lan. Really? You're a good sport. Thank you. Yeah, good mm -hmm. job. All right. I feel like I should really get a free little library for this. Keep trying. <laughs> so the show topic. No, you're okay. So today's so discussion for today is... Go on to the show. Right. The, show topic. The, the topic of today's show is... Gentlemen, let's get down to business. Today, we're going to talk about my failure in teaching what spurious emissions and harmonics is. Oh. I made a video this week. It's a good video. I thought so anyway. I took a dirty radio, right? We've been talking about dirty radios for a mm -hmm. while. This is the what I thought I was building up to my pen ultimate video okay. in demonstrating to people how when you take a dirty radio and you transmit on frequency A, Mm -hmm. That it's simultaneously also transmitting on frequency B and frequency C, the harmonics mm -hmm. of that main primary or fundamental frequency. And I was explaining that the reason, as demonstrated in the review for that radio, was that we had all, we, we showed using specialized tools, mainly the tiny SA spectrum analyzer, that this radio transmits on its even harmonics. Okay. It's transmitting. It's putting power out on these harmonics. And I got a ton of feedback from people saying, it would have been really nice if you also tested the expensive radios, like in a field test situation. So there's something lost in translation here. Because I've also done the 
spurious emissions and harmonics testing of expensive radios. Okay. And they are not transmitting on the even harmonics. They are not creating spurs, right? Right. So doing a physical field test where I go and go down to Paris Baguette and transmit from in front of Paris Baguette sure. is not doing anything because we've already tested that well, there's... Well, I mean, you could get pastries. I did. Well, that's what I did for yeah. the video. <laughs> it was very important. That was the primary thing. And then those those Korean men, those gentlemen all took the tables from me so I couldn't sit down. <sighs> Sad. Such a shame. But part of that video was to challenge the long-running assumption that there's actual multiple frequencies that these radios are transmitting on. Okay. Right? So I, I, I love this example. We'll get to it in, except, in, 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 a, in a second. But the field test was me going from our front door and then running. I was jogging. I jogged from <laughs> our house to Paris Baguette and I stopped. When did this happen? I don't know. Last uh, Saturday, I think. Last week. <laughs> While we were at Chinese school? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I went and did a bunch of this. So I started jogging from my house, and the first stop was like at the corner. Uh huh. And I transmitted. So I'm transmitting on, say, let's use the frequency one, two, three is the megahertz sure. I'm transmitting. Okay. In. At home, I'm listening on two, six, uh, sorry, two, four, six. Okay. Which is just twice the frequency. That's the second harmonic. Sure. Okay. And then I was also listening on the third harmonic which is going to be double that, right? Sure. So okay. it, that's how it works. It just doubles the frequency. The harmonics okay. are those doubled frequencies. So I'm listening to the two frequent, the, to the second and third harmonic, and I'm just jogging further and further from the house, waiting until I can't hear the signal anymore. Okay. It turns out that I could go all the way to Paris Baguette. Okay. Which I was going to anyway, so it worked out great. <laughs> I was going to get myself a latte and a pastry. It just turns out that I could also transmit from there. But what I found out was if we uh, – oftentimes people want to have a like a quad band antenna or mm -hmm. a quad band radio that does multiple bands of operation. Sure. Well, I took my quad band antenna and I threw it on that radio, and I found that when I used that, I actually transmitted even farther and stronger <laughs> with the out-of-band radio. Okay? So it's like it was, it was just the perfect test. Everybody's like, oh, spurious emissions. I don't know, like – like my neighbor's house? Like that's as far as my signals go? No, no, hardly. Hundreds of feet, if not half of a mile, upwards of a mile, depending on how you have your antenna configured and right. where your location is placed. And so I'm, I'm warning people that these cheap radios, they create these spurious emissions in right. violation to the FCC standards, right? Mm -hmm. And so I got just a ton of people like... Well, why does the FCC allow this? Why they like, don't allow it? <laughs> so exactly, that's the point. So when it comes to the FCC, apparently I didn't explain that enough either. You have to get your your radios verified and checked out before they're legal to sell in the United States. Like most countries do this, they have some level of doing this, right? The radio that I was using has an FCC number for their radio, but it's marketed as a GMRS radio. But they've done no limitation on the radio firmware mm -hmm. to prevent it from transmitting in the amateur radio space. And guess what? Mm -hmm. It creates it creates this interference when you're using it on these other frequencies right. for amateur radio. Right. So check one, the FCC doesn't want you to do this, and they want you to stop doing it, right? But here you go. 
So Spurs versus Please don't do this. Yeah, there was also some <laughs> seems to be some confusion on Spurs versus harmonics. So harmonics, as we've covered, is a fundamental even number du doubling of the frequency, mm -hmm. right? So if it's one two three, the second harmonic is two four six megahertz, right? And you just keep going down the line, just keep doubling, doubling, doubling. Sure. Those are harmonics. A spur, however, is a byproduct of internal components of the radio that cause this inter or this non-linearity that exists within the amplifier phase of the radio and the amplifier is the last bit the power amplification bit okay. of the radio even a handheld has an amplifier right yeah so something to do with the products or the materials the components whatever they use add these non-linearity or these non-linear type signals and those are the spurs Spurs can happen randomly within mm -hmm. a radio, and so that's sometimes hard to track down. So I assumed that that talk pod is like the worst of the worst. That's why I used it. When I used when I did my testing on mm -hmm. it for spurs and harmonics, mm -hmm. it was just through the roof. Like there was no <laughs> filtering of any kind. Right. They did nothing to reduce any of the YOLO. Of yeah, it, it's totally the YOLO <laughs> of, of radios. It absolutely gives no Fs about what it's doing and just transmits everywhere right so then i'm like okay great let's just use this as an example and then we can use this test as a comparison point against other radios mm -hmm. so the interesting point here is that if i'm using my tiny sa my my spectrum analyzer mm -hmm. and i'm i'm measuring the the frequency that i'm trying to transmit on after attenuation it shows up as like somewhere between zero and 10 dbm right okay. that's a measurement of power Right. Sure. Or in this case, it's what we're using to measure the signal intensity. The second harmonic, meaning the first harmonic off of that fundamental frequency, was showing up at like a negative 10 dB. Right. Okay. So when if you were to account for the attenuator, which is a negative 40 dB attenuator, like a, a muffler that mm -hmm. I put onto my radio, right? Whistle tips go woo woo. Exactly. Yeah. If you remove that negative 40, then it turns out that your second fundamental harmonic is at like 30 plus db right which translates to roughly a watt of power mm. so your second harmonic is transmitting at roughly a watt of power that is like 10 times the strength of the average cell phone wow right that it's just putting out on that frequency set again if i'm on one two three it's transmitting on two four six Right. Which is, it's another radio service. It's it's someone else's radio space. It's also a space that you're not monitoring. Right. You're not listening to that frequency. And then it turns out that the third harmonic was only like 5 dB below the second harmonic. So that's like a little bit less than a watt that's also transmitting out there. And just further down the Blowing line. Blowing things like out. A, like, a little, like a little pyramid, but yeah. a really sad pyramid that really isn't that <laughs> steep. <laughs> Because they're all just like putting out a watt of power. So it was just absolutely nuts. But the advantage here is that using this as kind of like a, a you know, a, a, a rubric, mm -hmm. we can compare that to much better radios. And I mean radios that still fail the FCC standards but are considerably better. We can do a calculation of their power output and go, oh, this is like a tenth of a watt. Mm -hmm. This is a, you know, so a it's bad, of a but it's so not it's, that bad. No, the talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's still violating all the rules and you shouldn't use it. But at the same time, if this is like your only radio, like you're probably OK. You're you're not you're not uh, interfering with me at the Paris Baguette trying to enjoy a latte and a 
mm-hmm. a garlic hot dog roll, right? Mm. Which is, you know, my favorite thing. So why does the FCC, now that they know what's going on, like, why do they allow this? So here's the second fundamental thing. The they're, FCC... They're not allowing it. They're also not. But but let me let me go into this. Policing it actively, right? Why are they, why are they still allowing it now that the cat is out of the bag? So the FCC, from their point of view, is their primary job is to prevent these devices from, like, coming ashore, right? They mm. Set up the rules to prevent their sale. That's their first thing. Well, they're not doing the greatest job at that, and, and obviously we know that's the case because these devices exist. You can buy them, you know, whatever. But then the second thing is, now that these devices are out there, and that people are using them, why aren't they like going around and hunting these people down and finding out what's going on? Well, they just simply don't have the budget for that. So the only time the FCC gets involved in situations where the radios are deployed is when there's a complaint, right? Mm. So there have yeah. been, there have been, uh, there was a radio, there was an ambulance company, and I got some, I got a couple of, I got a couple of spicy comments. I said in the video. You could be on first responder frequencies, something like ambulance drivers. Oh, buddy. Oh. I got an earful. Why, why is that? That is apparently like a derogatory term. What? That paramedics, who are the drivers of ambulances, sometimes get referred to as ambulance drivers by firefighters and other first responders in a way that, like, degrades their service oh, like the, oh because they're not referring to them as the EMTs or, or emts right right yeah. Emer- you know whatever right so my use of the term ambulance driver was not to denigrate the profession merely state that they drive the ambulance it was more of a verb oh that, because so because I mean, they're driving the ambulance is secondary to their, their actual function, life which is a saving paramedic. skills. Of course, of course. So yeah. uh, if anybody took umbrance to that, I did not mean it like to make people feel bad at all. I was just, I was literally standing in a parking lot trying to do a video, right, on ham radio. I wasn't how trying to. How dare you? How dare you? And so I got a couple of uh, comments that I'm like, you know what? There isn't a video I can make that I'm not offending someone at this point. Like there's, that's. Oh, that's the wrong attitude, sir. I, 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 it doesn't, that is the I wrong try, attitude. I try, but it still happens. I try. I always try to be better. And I apologize to anybody I offended. That was truly not my point. Especially but. our friend Jake. Oh, I know. Yeah, I know. I didn't know it was, I didn't know it was a bad term. I'm so know. sorry, Jake. Sorry, Jake. Sorry, Jake, if you were offended. Unac- unacceptable. Anyway, so. Um, yeah, it turns out that there are first responder frequencies that are all within and around the amateur radio space. And oh, sure. there have been instances where, you know, a kid or groups of children, airsoft enjoyers, if you will, could be transmitting on their baofangs on what is an amateur radio frequency or a GMRS frequency mm-hmm. or whatever frequency. But because these radios have these spurious emissions and where they happen to be playing, maybe it's an urban setting or suburbs but like closely related to town you know the center of town whatever they could be stepping on the frequencies of first responders and so that was my whole point that those are the people that actually are harmed Mm -hmm. now this would have to happen consistently for a long time for the ire of these first responders to become such that they need to reach out to the fcc right right that's usually what it takes is they have to get real pissed off for a long enough time that they go enough's enough we got to do something about this Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. then a complaint happens and only then 
they are not the they being the FCC. They are not just going to go start hunting down these radios because a couple of hams like me go. Somebody should do something about this. Think of the frequencies. Won't someone <laughs> think of our frequencies? Right. They're not gonna. They're not gonna gather up the pitchforks and the torches to go hunt down these you know junk radios um, just because I complain or I make a video. With that said, that means that the responsibility lies on all of us, and so. Here's my Only my other you issue. can stop spurious emissions. Right. And that truly <laughs> and that's truly what this all comes down to is. And and I tried to make the the prepper argument of you know, see this is the other thing that I I was trying to do in the video to explain to people is like, "Hey, I just demonstrated that I think I'm transmitting on one frequency, but I'm actually transmitting on one, two, three frequencies at the same time." Mhm. Mm Don't you think that's kind of like an opsec problem? Don't you think that's not good? Like if we were in a preparedness situation where you're actually deploying your preps. Right. Don't you think it's probably not a good idea if you're transmitting on three frequencies at the same time and you're only monitoring one of them? Right. Who could be listening on one of any of those frequencies? Mm -hmm. And I have already showed you that just in my dumb example that I was able to walk a half a mile from my home in dense suburbs and still make it back to my house. Right. So probably not something that would make sense to be like doing that, right? Mm -hmm. Doesn't that like you know what OPSEC is, right? Yes, operational security. Okay, good. Yeah, thank you. So I made that comment in the video, and they're like, "Would you?" I mean, I I'm gonna just do whatever I want. They're not gonna tell me. I'm just gonna do you know blah blah blah. And it's like, well, but you're literally, you're literally causing a situation, or could be causing a situation that could piss somebody off whether or not they're a uh, first responder or whatever, and you're just giving them more opportunities to find you. Sure. Right? Mm -hmm. If you had just bought a little bit more expensive radio that only transmits on one frequency, mm -hmm. then wouldn't you just say like, well, they, they would never hear me. I would never be able to piss them off, right? Right. And then your discipline of transmitting would just be under the frequency that you were using with your people. And then you could just move to another frequency without causing any problems. Mm. Right. So the whole thing was, I don't know. But some people just want to watch the world burn. Right, right, right. So because of this and because I, I apparently did not draw the lines, the dotted lines correctly from field test a bad radio. Right. <laughs> and not field test a good radio. This Saturday, I'm going to break out my best radios and my worst radios, and we're going to do a spurious emissions test on spurious. all of them, and we're going to test for how much power they put out on those alternate frequencies, right? Sure. And then we can just put it to bed, because I can go, here you go. Here's my list of five radios, and hey, look at that. None of the Japanese radios had this problem, and the only ones that did were the Chinese radios. Not all Chinese radios. I expect yeah, a couple of them are going to be Chinese great. Not all Chinese radios. Not all Chinese radios, but m most of them are probably going to have some issues. <laughs> I'm just going to... Spoiler alerts. But yeah, tune into that. Uh, I will have the, the Radiodity Baofeng, which I have said to multiple people is a clean radio and it's not much more expensive than a regular Baofeng. Uh, it does meet FCC standards. I'll have other Baofengs that don't meet FCC standards. So we'll, we'll test a, a good, a goodly amount of them. I won't be able to test all my HTs, but we'll do a lot. All right. So tune in for that. If you find that interesting. All right. What's happening? 
Well, hello everybody. Welcome to the Email Correspondence Tower. This is pretty much your segment of the show for True. the listeners. Both of you, both of you, all two of you listening <laughs> to the show right now. Thanks again for coming out. All two of you. Appreciate it. <laughs> this is a place for multiple ways to communicate directly with us. There's three buildings in this uh, compound that we're going to start walking through. The first one is the physical mail depot. Nope. Yes. Oh. Physical mail depot. Got yes. It. Yeah. You got it. That is Nailed our P.O. box. Our P.O. box here. I got uh, two, two items in Ooh. the P.O. box. This one was very touching to me. It touched you? It touched me in a, in a, in a heartwarming way. Oh. So this says, Josh, I just wanted to send you a small thank you for the contact you made with my 11-year-old son, KC3WKB, on September 16th. He had been calling CQ several nights that week with little success. Your contact was a great encouragement to him as he continues to get comfortable on the air and work towards his general. I remember this contact. He was trying really hard, calling CQ. And so I was glad I could jump in there. The enclosed ink is a favorite of mine. It's the Noodler's Bay State Blue. It has a bit of a reputation, but the color and the water um, resilience, (coughs) sorry, resistance, Convince me to dedicate, and this is a very important thing, dedicate a Twisby <laughs> Eco to just that ink. I hope okay. that you enjoy it. So uh, I was planning on trying this ink. So first of all, thank you. It is water resistant, and as a left-hander, I sometimes smudge. And if it dries quick and it's resistant to being pulled off the paper, mm-hmm. that's really, really good. This is what it looks like. That's the ink. Oh, that's really pretty. Noodler's ink is a literally it's it's noodlers as in somebody who pulls catfish out of that's their oh noodlers is oh, literally why, that. Why noodlers they... has some of the coolest like uh kitschy designs for their iconography and labels. I have multiples. Okay. All right. Um I have like their I have their blue that they only did with um Goulet Pen Company, mm. which is like a it's like a free let freedom ring. Um it's it's got all kinds of weird uh writing and historical quotes on the side of it really really cool stuff but yeah i oh oh there's a pen in here oh my gosh oh my gosh he's he i don't know if that pen was supposed to be included but there's a pen in here i didn't even open this oh my gosh i'm so excited i can so the other thing with this ink is (laughs) you you basically have to devote a pen to it because it uh it will stain the inside of the pen Oh, it is designed to be like a uh, an ink that stands up to, you know, there you go. Like, like, look at the label there. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that's fantastic. I didn't know there was a Made pen in here. in the Chusets. I am. I'm even more excited about this. So now I have a reason to crack this open like immediately. I was going to get myself a Twisby just for this. So I am uh, I'm beside myself. Thank you so much for that. And, uh, you know, continue to encourage your son. I think he's doing great out there. All yeah. right. I also got Josh a, a pen, but oh. he, he's not nearly as excited about that. I am I very finally. excited. <laughs> Leia got me a Lamy 2000. Oh, such a cool pen. 
Look that thing up. That is, I, I've been using it all week since you got it to me. You gave it to me. I have, that's the only pen I've used. Oh, amazing. So here is, I got a special delivery from Matt. And I'm not going to go too much into this because he's literally explaining how to use this. But um, he's, he writes, thank you so much for inspiring me this last year to go from no license to an extra. And thank you so much for all the videos. I've been doing a bunch of POTA lately and made you a custom one of mine, which she's talking about an antenna. Okay. You mentioned that you'd be interested in a doublet antenna, which I am. My STLs are ever evolving as needs arise. STL is 3D prints. Okay. It's a 3D print file. Got it. So it's hard to give them out knowing they charge per use case. I made a few other antennas, such as a 450 ohm ladder line, and found it can be affected by rain. 600 ohms seems to be the answer. I looked at buying some from a website and did, but I'm big on 3D printing things, so thus my own creation. I wanted to thank you for everything you do for the community. Also, I wanted Aww. to apologize for being a pain in the butt on Discord and YouTube. I hope you really... I don't think he's been a pain, but... Yeah. Why? <laughs> Why would he think he was a pain in the butt? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> this is an antenna that takes you from 6 meters through 80 meters. Mm. This is like a... This is a, almost all the bands in amateur radio. The okay. only thing it doesn't cover is like 160, but that would make it like too long, um, particularly for what I can do. And then uh, it is inspired by Rob, M0JEO, who is our doublet master in the okay. Discord. He All right. is the, um, the biggest fan of doublets, and he is the one that comes out every time they're brought up, and he always defends their their virtues. A so. doublet is different from a singlet, huh? A doublet is basically <laughs> a dipole that's fed with ladder line instead of coax. Okay. And because of that, it is multi-band by nature. All right. So they're really, really cool antennas. <clears throat> so, Matt, I will set this up. Um, I don't think I have the space in my property to set this up because it's 45 feet on both sides. Oh. So it is a, it is a bit long. But um, I do like the fact that you called it POTA capable. And I, I, I'm looking for how I'll, I'll get to setting this up. And, and I probably will definitely use it at my dad's. And I'm wondering if I could also set it up at the uh, Jamborees on the Air event. Jamboree. I'm wondering, but I'm also trying to keep antennas off the ground because of the many a scout. Yes. <laughs> I will be clotheslining many a scout, I, I feel, if I if I have anything <laughs> on the ground or, or tethers on the ground in any way. So I'm mainly probably going to be using my freestanding mass. But thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. So, all right. There's the closure of the... Physical Mail Annex, which is P.O. Box 5101, Cerritos, California, 90703. There will be information in the show notes. You don't have to send us things, but if you do, we appreciate it, and we will read it and talk about it on the show. All right. Moving on to the Voicemail Annex. That's the right name for it. We are going to now hear your voicemails, you reading your emails to us. Leah, mm -hmm. what is the phone number for that? The phone number is 562-334-2389. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's... Uh, All right. Let's do it. Away we go, I guess. I guess. What's happening? I don't know. What's happening? Hello. We are contacting you about your vehicle's extended warranty. 
We see that you have recently purchased a Ford Lightning F-150 and would like to provide you with an extended warranty. Nah, this is Kilo Work, Mike Alvazulu. <laughs> I hey, didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know. And I said last week that I would um, tell you about some uh, activations I did while visiting family in Massachusetts. And I would just give you, I'll give you, instead of a email, uh, I'll just describe what I did. Um, okay. And then I'll send an email of photos. So you can see. Uh, so during uh, Jason and Kyle's uh, Poder Rove, I don't know what it's called, the 9, 10 state Poder Rove sure. that they did yeah. a number of weeks ago, um, one of the places that they went is 10 minutes away from my grandmother's house at Wells State Park, and let's see what the number is. Well, what? It is Wells State Park, Massachusetts, <laughs> and it is Kilo. Got dead air. Dead air, guys. 2462. So it's 2462. Um, so I didn't activate where they did because, actually, where they activated, there was actually a sign by the entrance that said that the beach was for use of campers only. So I didn't activate that. I activated I buy it up in a, a pavilion, and I was going to use my carbon-6 mast and, and the half-wave, but um, I didn't uh, because, I don't know, just I was going to put it against a tree, and it there was no trees that were all the right length away from each other and just didn't work out. So I just pulled out my Wolf River coil, slapped it on top of a, a uh, the, the screen material, Got on the air and got a bunch of contacts. I got 67 contacts. Oh. Um, so, yeah, it was that. And then after that, I, the next day, went to a place. I was going to try to do the Vermont um, place that they went, which was Fort Dummer Park. But I saw a little state, floor, state park that was a unmaintained one just the border from Massachusetts into Vermont called Sweet Pond State Park, and the number for that is... What's happening? Elo 3146. <laughs> and I'm Where going to let going? Sir Peter time out, and I'll give that to you. All right. Last All right. time on the Poto Saga of Kilo 1 Mike Alpha Zulu Nathan. So I was saying that I was at... Um, a little kind of unmaintained state park. They don't like have a little parking lot, has like a dam there, and I'll show you some pictures. It's like a little a little pond, They're very very Vermont looking. Uh huh. Um, I think it was right before the leaves started to change, or maybe a little bit of changing of the leaves. People come to Vermont to see the the leaf peepers, to see the the uh, the leaves change. So that one, it was. Um, uh, <laughs> Leia's doing some things. I'm there. getting you out paper. Sweet Pond right State Park. And I did use my carbon stick there because there was a bunch of, like, straight up and down trees with not low limbs. I don't know why, but I worked, I used it, and I got 20 contacts. But then I was pushed out by foreign language music. What? I don't know what it was, um, but it was really low. It was really low, and then 
I could hear people through it. And I actually thought someone, the one of the hunters was playing music in the background, like really clear, but a little bit ruffle. Um, so I'm like, oh, thanks for the, thanks for the background music. And he's like, <laughs> well, it wasn't me. And it got louder and louder and louder, and it was taking over things so no one could hear me anymore. And I was going to change frequencies, but it was getting dark, so I, want, I, had to, I would have to take down the carbon six uh, mast, roll up my wire for my NFED, put all the stuff there, get get back and walk up the trail back to my car and drive home, start getting dark. I don't know where I'm at. I don't have any cell service. Oh, you should you could use a ham radio. Um, so there's no cell service. So like, whether my even directions on my phone would work. Um, so I wasn't sure. So I was trying to get get going. So I only did 20 contacts. So I'll send you some pictures, and if I remember uh, anything else that I wanted to share with you, I will include it in the email, and hopefully I don't forget. So this is Kilo One Mike Afazulu saying, 73, Poda on, y'all the best. And I got to put it, put together some K6ARK kits eventually. I got the little microphone and the NFED half wave, KRP. So if K6ARK is listening to this, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Goodbye. All right. Thank you so much, Nathan. And, uh... Thank you. Thank you, Kark. Yes, for, indeed. For all generosities. All right. On to the next. CQ, CQ, CQ. CQ, CQ, CQ. This is Whiskey Echo 4, Delta X-Ray, calling CQ, CQ, CQ. Uh, this is Nick. Hey, Nick. My actual call sign is KJ7NWK. Club call sign, Whiskey Echo 4, Delta X-Ray. Uh, you know, I became a ham, thanks to Josh. No. A couple oh. years ago, got the tech. Got the general. I don't know if you guys uh, played the sound or not. For those, no worries. Got the All right, we can, we can do it now. We'll play play the sound. He said he doesn't know if we played it, so let's play it. Which sound? For the tech and the general. Oh yes. <laughs> I'm so congratulations. Like, a year ago, I didn't know. Sure, about a month and month and a so... half ago, and uh, you know, driving up to a great big. Club activity with the Echo 4 Delta X-Ray Ham Radio Adventures. Yeah. Up in nice. Pacific East Washington this weekend. So uh, we want to make a contact with you. We'll be working all bands, all modes. We the Echo 4 Delta X-Ray. Catch you on the airwaves. And uh, thanks for everything you all do. 73. Oh, thank you. There's a follow-up from Nick. Hang on one okay. second. So, you know, the trip up there Beach is, uh, it's a four-hour drive, so I might call in once or twice just out of boredom, driving at night, you know. Absolutely, Nick. No, I wouldn't do that. Twice, twice is enough in one. <laughs> um, but I did want to just mention the uh, HRC CBE team. The best VE awesome. team. And yeah. uh, they were kind enough to accept me. So. Uh, oh, thank you, yeah. Nick, for joining us. Let's get you tested. Drop into the uh, questions and testing uh, channel there in the HRCC Discord, and we'll get you uh, checked in and uh, get you tested. And, you know, since there's not enough things to do in ham radio, um, let's go ahead and get CW underway. So, yeah, Josh is spending every one of my monies on ham radio <laughs> stuff, but it's all right. 
there could be worse things. So That's true. Thanks again. And I guess I'll maybe listen to myself on Sunday on the drive home. Nice. I was told that at a certain point you hit a ham radio equilibrium. I, well, you don't have to keep spending money. Is that when you You're, die? No. <laughs> How that Thanks, works? Nick. I hope you have a very safe trip up to Pacific Beach. Yes. Hello, Leah. Hello, Josh, and all of HRCC. Hey. I've been on a little hiatus with my puns because I had to go to the doctor with a hearing problem this past week. He told me, hey, can you describe the symptoms for me? I said, sure I can. Homer's a fat dude, and Marge has blue hair. Thank you very much. symptoms <laughs> 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 Thank Got you. It. Appreciate it. Hello, this is Kilo and Mike Alvazula, Nathan, with hey again, a Nathan. ham radio question. I have a 7300, have had it for a couple of years, but more recently, I would say the last number of months when I'm trying to operate a digital mode okay. using my laptop, my 7300, the cable straight to it with the ferrite on it, all all that good stuff. And then I'm transmitting, and I realize that as I'm transmitting the data, I'm also like it's also picking up audio on the hand mic. So like you know, I say I'm doing something, or I tap the thing, I see a big thing come up, like when it's transmitting FTA, or I'm trying the the felled hell. Or the hell fell, or as you said, it'd be in one of your videos. Um, and it just, and I tried the settings where it would set it so if the digital uh, data is going through, it doesn't, it's supposed to be just the, the USB or the ACC or one of those, and then it's still coming through. Or I tried like the FT8 um, setting. That you can put it to change your settings the in the yeah. 7300. And it's just the audio somehow, like I, I get it fixed so it'll work, save it to the settings or whatever. And then the next time I'm going about it, it's still picking up the computer audio that's transmitting over the cable. And then also the mic, the hand mic audio. I, I don't know. I don't know if you, anyone has ever seen this issue before is probably a quick fix so I'll shut up and let you speak this is kilo and mike Afazulu. i don't know need help in vermont oh Seven wait six. hold on there's oh. a follow-up okay and another thing i'm trying out the the felled hell uh like in your video josh and i i uh i don't know the, I have it set the the default settings for the seventy three hundred, and uh, it will get the um, the frequency in it. It's like the like the polling of the frequency, or whatever, getting it. And then, like say I try to do it just on the VFO, or I change it. It doesn't update with the um, on the screen. But I can go on the actual screen and change like the up and down of the frequency, and it'll change the radio. So it's like a like a one way thing, and then it, it gets the stuff. So it's just weird. I don't know. I didn't see 
you having that issue, or it I works at the beginning, like it'll pull it, and then after a couple of minutes, it'll be off, or it'll be the wrong number, and then it say you change the knob, it might it might turn with it, but it's the wrong number. I don't know. I did the default settings. I don't know what I'm doing. This is Kilo One Mike Afzulu, apologizing for all these voicemails. Um, but the fell tale is tomorrow, so. Yeah. I don't know. Thank you very much. This is Kilo One Mike Afzulu. Apologies. So I mean this in the best way, but like I I can't really troubleshoot if you're not on the line with me, Nathan. That's why we do a lot of our our ham helps, hams helping hams on Saturdays. Uh, after the live stream, because we're all on the call together. Um, it sounds like you've done most of the starting point things that I would think to do in your previous question. The Feld Hell question, again, uh, yours is not acting like mine, and you saw mine works, so do what I did again uh, until you know, you're know you confident there. I, Nathan, I, I don't know. I can't I can't troubleshoot things live, or I can't troubleshoot things if you're not live with me, and I'm obviously not there, so you have to be my eyes when we go through it. So join us on the After Chat, Saturdays after the live stream, and uh, that goes for all of you. If you tune in to YouTube, uh, you can join us on the Discord, and we can answer your ham questions definitely live. So consider that. <laughs> Sorry. And that was the final voicemail. Okay. <laughs> all right. Well, let's start climbing the tower we're going to take your emails from leia at hamtactical.com and away we go the first email is titled extra extra read all about it okay and it comes from andrew okay i lied there isn't much to read about greetings and salutations to the ham radio crusaders oh okay it's like uh we're like chip and dale over here rescue rangers <laughs> crusaders from range okay yeah <laughs> i did it i tested and passed and i now hold my amateur extra license congratulations andrew after getting my tech and general back in february and i can explore the megahertz in the lower areas of the bands and no one can tell me i can't thank you both for the hours upon hours upon hours of entertainment and education. Andrew K0KBB slash AE. All right. That's very exciting. Congratulations. Congratulations. Love it. The next email is titled Dead Trees and a Valentine's Mistake. Oh, okay. I hope it has nothing to do with copper nails. And this comes from Jakers. Jakers. Yes. <laughs> All right. Okay. Hey, Leah and Josh. It's your boy, Jakers, KJ5AMZ. That's just K-Amazon to me. <laughs> K-Amaze. Just because I know Leah likes to make words out of people's call signs, maybe I'm AKA K-Jams? Oh, I get... Okay. K-Jams, I'll, I'll give that to you. Close. Quick hello. Dropping a quick hello and a well actually and a quick story to sympathize with last week's anonymous and their ham curious relationship. Mm -hmm. All right. So first, well, actually, trees are a net carbon sink. 
Yes, they will release carbon as they decompose, but the carbon is stored in a lingon, which by itself has a very low bioavailability. This is why we build houses out of wood, because lignin is something that is like 60% carbon and extremely stable. Typically, the carbon in lignin is released by fungi, bacteria, and insects. Right. But even then, it's often retained in the soil as soil organ, the organic carbon, a.k.s. humus. Okay. This is why okay. no-till organic gardening tends to work so well, because the carbon is retained in the soil as the roots decay and provide food for beneficial microorganisms. Even when we've seen widespread die-offs of trees, it seems that most of the carbon stays sequestered. Here's a cool story out of the University of Arizona where they studied the carbon impact of a mass die-off due to a beetle infestation and were presently surprised to see the lack of a bump in carbon release. Uh, Jakers has given us a link. I will drop that in the show notes. Now he's pushing up his glasses. I was going to say, I think the point of this was, though, that you don't, you can't offset carbon in the atmosphere by planting more trees. I, I think that that's not what he's saying. I, I think it's just flat. It ends it's up not. burning itself out. It's the same. No, he's okay. saying that it is uh, not a, um, it, it is not, as you say, they are a net carbon sink. Yeah, but what? how much net are we talking about? A net. Mm, I guess okay. the point of where I'm going with this is, I, I think we could probably go back and forth on how good they are. The point is, is you can't plant enough trees to offset what we what we have. There, there's no amount of trees that you can plant that could pull the carbon out of the atmosphere. Mm, maybe. No. I do want to plant some more okay. trees. Oh, but... I'm not against trees. I love trees. I think I could fit three right in the parkway. Okay. Just and imagine if oh, the could trees... You... Could we? What do you mean? How are you going to put them in the parkway? We've got to park there. No, the parkway is actually the green belt. Oh, well, is that allowed? We don't have irrigation over there either. No, we just have to water it. We have to water it. Yeah. Key. Phrase. Okay. Jakers pushes up glasses. Okay, okay. Now that that's over with, I just wanted to quickly sympathize with Anonymous, uh, though it may be just a little. My wife's dad was a broadcast engineer with an FCC commercial license and had been working on radio and TV equipment since they used vacuum tubes. Okay. He unfortunately passed away a few years ago. Oh. I'm very sorry for yeah. your loss and your wife's loss. But when I started getting interested in amateur radio, my wife said she would probably like to get her license because it made her think of her dad. Oh. So what did I do for Valentine's Day this year? Well, I did the most romantic thing I could think of, and I got her a Baofeng and a few weeks of classes for the technician exam oh, at a local is, radio club. That is romantic. I figured she'd appreciate the encouragement and enjoy mm -hmm. the time away from the house while she pursued something she yeah. had an interest in. Long story short, <laughs> she was not happy. <laughs> Oh, I got the cold shoulder for a while, and I thought I turned her off to getting her license forever. But she went to the classes, enjoyed herself, as and has continued to show an interest. Recently, she took a drive down to South Texas to deal with some family stuff and said she would be taking the radio as a precaution. 
I showed her how to use the calling frequency in an emergency, let her know how the ARRL wilderness protocol, uh, she was saving money by camping instead of renting a hotel, and off she went. Wow. And when she what an came adventurous back, lady. she said, I should get back to studying for the technician's exam. So I guess maybe it'll all work out. Uh, you are a very lucky man, Jakers. That might not have worked out for everyone. <laughs> I'm guessing probably not. Yeah. And Josh is guessing it still hasn't worked out. <laughs> I don't, yeah, I don't know about that for Valentine's Day. But I am uh, very impressed by the adventurous nature of your bride. Yeah. Uh, camping. camping to save money? Yeah. That's a good idea. I'm I'm gonna have to look into that. Oh yeah, yeah. You're gonna, you're gonna look into that. <laughs> yeah. Jakers says. Anyways, thanks again for all the great content, and I hope you guys have a good week. Thank you, Jakers. I hope you do too. And that's seventy three is Jaker K J five A M Z. When the going gets weird, the weird turn pro, Doctor Hunter S Thompson. I've heard that. Yeah, the, Leah. There is not a camping situation I think you've been in where you didn't spend more. Than if you just went to like a moderately priced hotel. That's not true. Like a great Western or whatever, the one we've been, that we've liked recently, like the one mm. in Vegas. P.S. Hearing you mention Margaret Kiljoy was awesome. Her podcast is an absolute treasure trove of practical prepping advice with the focus on engaging your local community. P.P.S. How come no HRCC presence on the Fediverse? Get thee to a Mastodon instance? What? What is the Fediverse? And what is a Mastodon instance? Is this like a K-Fed thing? The Kevin Federline? It's <laughs> the Fediverse. So we had to take a minute to look up like the Fediverse. And so it looks like it's a open source kind of networked social media conglomerate. So like Mastodon connects for microblogging, video and audio streaming. There's PeerTube, Funk Whale, Castopod. So far, some pretty amazing names as far as stuff <laughs> is concerned. Uh, there's Friendica is macroblogging. Uh, image sharing is done by PixelFed. These this is this all feels like, hey mom, I want YouTube. And mom goes, we have YouTube at home. And then it turns out it's PeerTube. <laughs> it's like the generic food brands of social media applications. It's which, just decentralizing it's super, it, right? Yeah, it's, it's decentralized, which it's is like super great. like Web 3.0 or whatever. Maybe we could do this over ham radio. That might be fun. Figure out how to make that happen. All right. So the problem is, where, why am I not there? Blah, blah, blah. I don't know. <laughs> There's the answer. I, do, I don't know. Um. Seems like a lot to manage, so many different things. Yeah, I, I'm already kind of busy. <laughs> but then to also decide to create a segment of a decentralized social media yeah, sounds exhausting. <laughs> I'm already tired so just thinking tired. about it. I want to sleep right now. But I do <laughs> know that a couple of, at least one of the HRCC admins already has like a Mastodon cluster or server that they are in charge of. Whatever they call it. The problem that, yeah. Could be, could be a pride of Mastodon. Don't could, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a pod. <laughs> it's, a, it's a raspberry patch of Mastodons. 
because it all runs on Raspberry Pi, as I'm assuming. Um, it's a squash tunnel. It's a, <laughs> it's a spaghetti squash vine of, of Mastodon. Because remember, it's a it's a it's a it's a tangled web. It's a yes. net. Yeah. Spaghetti squash. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm assuming part of the reason is that there's some kind of overhead that has to go into all of this. <laughs> YouTube pays for the overhead, especially with, ads. with the tunnel. Right. <laughs> Lots are overhead. <laughs> right. So like YouTube pays, you know, for ads and they will host your stuff for free. But like, I can't just have PeerTube at my home, likely. And then just have everybody connect to my videos. No, I think those the company like PeerTube also hosts. I don't know. I haven't looked into it. I don't know. But decentralized, like when when someone's hosting something for you and either creating ads and by or decentralized, money, that feels like the opposite of decentralized. But by decentralized, what they're saying is that you're going to get away from the big tech and now move to small tech. That's no dog. But it's not going to matter. It's not going to matter that you were on small tech because now they all talk to each other. No. Decentralized means I run it. I understand. I'm in charge. I understand. That's what it means. It means that we all collectively run it. I don't think that that in what it means in this case. This means like, (laughs) it's just like the regular web. It's just smaller and slower. (laughs) Maybe it's smaller and faster. Why would that be the case? (laughs) What what economies have we ever thought? You know you're doing this wrong. Instead of horizontally the economies of scale. Yeah, yeah. You're hustling backwards, my guy. You're hustling backwards. You know what we need to do, okay? Hear me out. Instead of have a couple of large factories and then horizontally integrating, let's go small. Thousands of cottage industries. There Mom are lots and pop of people shops. Who build that? No, but model. one company. One company yeah. that has Stop saying, yeah, like you you understand where I'm going with this. Yeah, I get it. A thousand, two people manufacturing that you then have to link all their product lines together with QA and everything else that you might possibly be doing. No, no. That's actually the suggestion that people give to uh, new manufacturers who want to get things made in China mm-hmm. that you just have the different parts made by different factories in China mm-hmm. and then you have them all assembled in the United States. Is that so they can't steal yep. the whole design? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What a wild time it is to be alive. And then you can also claim it's made in the USA because the assembly happened here. So going back to earlier, earlier <laughs> similar times. Yes. Boris and Natasha were the villains. We knew Boris was a villain because he had a bomb <laughs> that was the size of his head. And there was a fuse, right, that would yeah. light it, mm-hmm. you know. Danger. I think now that I now that I actually am, am doing more of this, it is true that Dudley Do Right was in the same cartoon block, but there was another villain to Dudley Do-Right because the villain for Dudley Do-Right's obsession was tying women to railroad Yes. (laughs) I totally (laughs) forgot this niche, very important, very niche aspect of Dudley Do-Right's job. (laughs) Was 
saving a woman yes. who was tied to a railroad track. I Snively Whiplash doesn't seem right. Because oh, that was... <sighs> well, why are you uh, obsessed over that? I'm going to move on to Please. the next email. And it is titled, titled mm. Morse Code Practice. Okay. And this is from Misha. Hello, Princess Leia and Red Shirt Josh. <laughs> Love the Morse Code section, though it is a bit fast for me at this time. You and me both, Misha. Mm-hmm. It is now my favorite part of your podcast, but finding it for extra practice is harder than even the code itself. Can you separate your code practice as a segment on it as was a YouTube whiplash. short? Short? Mm. Oh, Misha, you're asking for a lot of things that I don't know that <laughs> <laughs> that Josh has the bandwidth, nor I have the bandwidth. I too. Th- that I just topped out my up. entire bandwidth figuring out that it is Snidely Whiplash <laughs> that is the villain from Dudley Do Right. So everybody, if you send us an email, please unsend because that was like a whole forty-five <laughs> minutes ago that we talked about Dudley Do Right. There's. I thought we'd have a bigger intensity on the whole uh, ratchet strap gate <laughs> that we get way more emails. But I bet you the 45 minutes we didn't answer <laughs> that Snidely Whiplash was the bad guy in Deadly Do. We probably have three voicemails, 18 emails all to, you know, it was Snidely Whiplash. I don't, and he got off I don't on so. strapping women to You to know what? I bet that our dear HRCC community trusted that you would figure it out within the hour and waited. <laughs> they waited. You know, Leia, that's just like the internet. <laughs> so patient. So patient. So, so understanding, understanding and patient about that's the exa- subtlest every, of, everything. of contrivances. And really good at giving people the benefit of the doubt. Oh, t- oh totally. That's exactly. Totally. When I think about the internet, and just that's and it. like you want to go to a place where everybody's very objective. But you know what? Objective. I said the HRCC community. That's not the same as the internet. I know. This I is know. a special place. It's true. It's true. It's true. But um, also so objective. <laughs> so good at acknowledging when their internal biases are maybe leading them down a, a road. You know, Not so that I, every hill is the hill that we must die on. So I, I run uh, one of the local Cerritos neighborhood groups on Facebook. And um, I'm a little bit at odds with one of the mods right now. Oh. It's not. It's like a cold war. Okay. Oh. <laughs> All right. And I am not disrespectful enough to go ahead and just remove the mod. Mm-hmm. I am... Uh, Allowing the mod to continue modding, right? But we we almost had a little mini Cuban Missile Crisis on our hands. No. <laughs> but what I'm getting at is we get a large influx of people every day who are trying to add to the Facebook group with just fake profiles. like And and I don't know if these scammers understand how it is. You're talking about the Cerritos, not the yeah, HRCC. Not, not HRCC. No. I said the neighborhood the, group. Okay, I'm yeah. just making sure. The... The scammers just cannot realize how very apparent it is that their profiles look fake mm-hmm. to people who are not scammers. It's like they took people who never used Facebook before <laughs> right, right. decided they were going to create these just so that they can do vent cleaning ads and car detailing ads, which I 
think in the end is actually just a scam to get your availability when you're home and your address. Jesus. Okay. okay. Anyways. So then you end up tied up to a railroad. I know, exactly. <laughs> so she recently, the mod I'm at odds with, rejected somebody who was quite clearly, there's no way this person had a fake account that was a scammer because lots of mutual friends. <laughs> like It's a real long con. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just. And so I reached out to somebody I knew who was a mutual mm-hmm. asking, hey, do you know who this person is? Just to verify. Because mm-hmm. yeah, this is the the depth that I am going to right. to ensure the safety now right, of the group, right, right. right? And the person goes, oh, yeah, uh, that's so-and-so. And I was like, oh, okay, I just want to make sure because uh, so-and-so rejected that person and right. I want to undo it. And then my friend goes, oh, that's because uh, your mod is a terrible, unbiased, uh, like biased person. Mm-hmm. Why do you even have that person as a mod in your group? Mm-hmm. Right. And I'm like, I expect no one to be unbiased. On the Everyone internet. is biased. <laughs> if- but this is, the, this is the same mod that tried to get Karen. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which for me, that is like mm-hmm. the word that is. Pure that is the beginning war. of the that is the beginning of the cold war for me no yeah th- th- oh okay i mean that is the, that is the cuban missile crisis <laughs> that is what i'm saying yes okay. like that okay. is the cuban missile crisis right. yeah so wow. a, my my point is that the expectation of people being unbiased on the internet is the most unrealistic thing i've ever heard and when people go and say Oh, you know, I try to keep it as like unbiased as possible. It's like, sir, you run a conservative group <laughs> on the internet and Facebook of all places. Yeah. <laughs> Objectivity goes to Facebook to die. Yeah. It's like, I try to be really unbiased. <laughs> Ma'am, your group is called Intersectionality. <laughs> Like let's 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 be honest. You can try to be good and mm-hmm. be respectful and be good human beings in everything that you do. Right. It doesn't make you unbiased. Right. Let's of just yeah, right yeah, off yeah, yeah, the yeah. bat. Like let's let's stop deluding ourselves because the longer we delude ourselves, the less likely we are to examine our biases. Correct. You know. So, anyway, and that's not liberal nonsense we're speaking. That no, is that human is nature. The board. <laughs> As two non-liberals talking here, that is just us talking about human nature. I, I, I feel, I never feel like so much a moderate and alone in an island in the middle. Oh yeah, we are like just... alone. <laughs> But it's not true because we are, in fact, not special. I, I, I think the I vast it. majority of people are actually on parts of this moderate island just looking on either sides of the shore. It's like two very large boats just firing cannons at each other. And we're just in the middle of this little island. So, wow. <laughs> Don't you know? You're really going for it this time. We better batten down those hatches. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. Oh, so. I'm just going to slide on by you here. 
See, and this is this is this comes down to like not all conservatives, not all liberals. Right. right? right yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's plenty of like totally intelligent and like analytical people right. on both sides. Right. Oh, you dipped into the grape shot. And, but none really of those... trying to maim now. But none of those people are in the media. Yeah. <laughs> See, my Midwest accent you, is horrible. I apologize for everybody. You only get any kind of media exposure yeah. if you are on one of those ships. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you have to be like foaming at the mouth, screaming to yes. get any kind of coverage. And my point is stop listening to the people on the ships. Listen to the people on the island. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so check us out on Mastodon yeah. <laughs> and our new microblog. <laughs> Our decentralized microblog. Uh, we actually use a series of pneumatic tubes to ship you our blog. <laughs> so make sure you get started installing that 25,000 feet of plastic pneumatic tubes. I need to find pneumatic tubes that the kids can see. I need them to see this. I, I just, I find it to be so important to their scientific education <laughs> for them to see pneumatic tubes in action. Are there, there's no ATMs that still use that, right? They're all done. But even if they did, they're not seeing it from the working side. They're seeing it from, like, they can't mess with it. <laughs> you know what I mean? They can't open it up, like, shove something. We've got to be able to build a pneumatic tube. (laughs) Could you imagine the social media videos that would have come out if ATMs were still ran the way they were? Oh, my God. Where people were just shoving things into those plastic (laughs) tubes and sending them out the chute? No plastic tube, just water bills up the... Just watch the guy... A shower of 10,000, a Mr. Beast showering of bills. Uh-oh. Uh, Ope forgot the deposit uh, slip. Ope? <laughs> Did you say Ope? Yeah. I don't think that's right. <laughs> I feel like it's slightly different. Oop. It's Oop. I'm going to slide. Ope. Oop. 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 No, I think it's Ope. It's just the way you did it. I think you held it too long. Okay. <laughs> Oh, I just got a slider. Yeah, it's like that. It's a little fast. I just find the Midwest accent the most charming, I think. <laughs> it's it's the least threatening of all the accents. Yeah. You know? It, it just feels good. Mm-hmm. All right. So, Misha continues, run the segment with a collage of CW bugs, keys, and paddles set at 50 seconds for each picture. Reuse pictures just because why waste time on the visuals? Combine the pics with a new audio segment from each week's CW section. That is Misha's idea for separating the practice code segment into a YouTube short. What? 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 <laughs> he is producing a YouTube short for us. So when we when we get to that part of the podcast, we go and make sure to go watch our YouTube short. No, just split it out so that it can be watched as a YouTube short instead of a nice little gem in the middle of the podcast. Oh, I see what you're saying. So just get like, so here's the thing. YouTube shorts are like one minute. Yes. So you're saying just capture that yes. and then like put mm-hmm. it on a video? Yeah. With the rotating pictures of CW bugs, keys, and paddles. Okay. 
right. <laughs> Josh does that after I get my free little library. Misha oh, signs I, off. That'll B9. take me like 30 minutes G-I-S- to do Misha's document. Then get it done. <laughs> what? Oh, my free little library. No, you mean. Misha's idea. You know, I don't even care anymore. about the Twitter anymore. It's n- The Twitter's dead to me. It's now called X. It's all, it's all gone. I don't need any weight thing. Just make a shelf box. I'm going <laughs> like- <laughs> I'm going to repeat what I told you is that you have to find the plans that you want for the one I you have want already built. sent it to you. No, you, did. you sent me a picture of one. <laughs> Planet. It said, here you go. Listen to me. Listen to me. Just build it. Okay, go recover the email. Fine. Whatever it is. <laughs> It doesn't even need an electric component anymore. (laughs) All right. And that's Misha VE9GIS from the newly minted uh, NB section, Radio Amateurs of Canada, previously MAR. T-shirt idea one. Dit, 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 da, 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 dit, dit, dit. CW works. Resistance is futile. Practice equals success. Da da dit da dit 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 da dit dit. T-shirt idea two. Q likes the Starship Enterprise because it is da da dit da. <laughs> Don't know what any of that means. So <laughs> that's awesome. Thanks, Misha. <laughs> You're not going to translate it. <laughs> it's Gave you all this. Because it's Q. Da, 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 da. Yeah, I Q. mean the, the earlier ones. The, well, I, well, what? The dit, 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 da, 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 dit, dit, dit. SOS. C- CW works. Okay, so da, da, T. dit, da. Da, da, dit, da is Q. Da, da. Oh, sorry. Dit, dit, dit. S. Dit, da, dit, dit. Uh, L. Okay. QSL. There you go. Great. Thank you so much, Misha. If we make one of those shirts, you will get one. I'm sure I'm going to pump out a bunch of shirts between now and... It's going to be a shirt that Misha can have (laughs) the CW segment after I get my free little library. That's the shirt. (laughs) She says that. YouTube shirts after the free little library. Thank you, Misha. <laughs> the next email is titled Mass, Poda, and Noise. Mass or mass? <coughs> Masts. Okay, mass. That's the English language for you right there. Mass, mask, mass, 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 mass. <laughs> what am I saying? What am I saying? And this comes from Brian. Hello, Leah and Josh. I was listening to your podcast today, and the main show topic was about masts. Made me think of the mass I use for Poda. It's actually a mast for flying a kite I got from Amazon. And there is a link. Is it a I will drop kite? that in the show notes. Jackite pole? It has served me. I can pop it open for you so you can see it. It dis. It that. Jackite. It is. I have one of those. You got it. I you actually got that at a swap meet uh, when we were down at the Golden West uh, University. Yeah. That 
uh, poll I got from the swap meet. Oh man, you and the boys love the swap meet and garage sales. Dude. Literally, the kids are on week and mornings. Can we go look for some garage sales? Why, man? What are you? What are you? Trying? They want to snag some cheap toys. It's usually Nerf guns. They end up with some like no. Edison gets obsessed with jewelry for yeah. some reason. He's just like old lady costume jewelry. Yeah. He's like, He's like well, I, I like that. it. Yeah, Wait, I'm gonna wear did it. Did you see this brooch, Dad? <laughs> did you know how awesome this is? Like what? Will you put it on me? <laughs> what? <gasps> mm-hmm. That's... All right. <laughs> oh, I also it. want that Nerf gun. <laughs> It has served me very well since I bought it a year ago. It's very strong and sturdy as it's designed to handle the load of a kite being pulled by the wind. Yep. At $90, it's a really good value. I used it today when I stopped at Fort Boggy State Park for a short POTA activation with my Shegu G90 and uh, CAHR, a coffee and ham radio and yep. fed half wave on my drive from Dallas to Houston. Very good. I did a little bit of work and then spent about 30 minutes with the radio and got 32 contacts. Good. I even made a contact with France. That's really good. There you go. That was exciting. I hope to stop and spend some more time on the radio when I drive back to Dallas tomorrow. This weekend... I'm headed out to San Angelo State Park in Texas, northwest of San Antonio, to do some poda during the solar eclipse along with the CUSO party. I'm sure it will be lots of fun. It will be. While I'm really enjoying poda when I can do it, I'm really frustrated by the difficulty I have operating at home. I live in the heart of Dallas, a.k.a. Big D, the high noise floor capital of the world, or at least it seems. Mm -hmm. I've tried everything I can think of to mitigate the noise, but to no avail. I'm currently running an FTDX10 and a PAR NFEDS antenna, Mm -hmm. um, EF8010. J-R-K-W. The NFED half wave is mounted about 20 feet high at feed point and 25 feet high on the other end. See attached photo. Do you have any recommendations that it might help me? I've shut off the power to my entire house and run the radio off battery power and got the same noise uh, floor. Then it's not coming from It's not coming from inside the house. I've added ferrite beads to my coax and added a counterpoise mm-hmm. wire to my NFED half wave. I suppose I need to try a different antenna to see if I get the same no, result. It's, it's not, not you. It's not you. Yeah. Any recommendations on what I may do to reduce the noise floor? Is there a type of antenna that generally has a lower noise floor than others? I think this is a dipole. I've never done one at home nope. before. No, that's not. Mostly been trying this on 10, 15, 20, and 40 meters. <sighs> Have you heard of an EMP? (laughs) Make a blackout happen. So here's the problem. Is this a fox hunt situation? Because it's not coming from inside his house. Yeah. Well, I mean, so yes, eventually what Leia's saying is the right answer. But the thing to keep in mind is your antenna is a a tuned part of your, your circuit, a part of your radio system. And we want a sensitive instrument. We want that sensor, that part, to be sensitive and able to pull in very quiet signals. Well, it just so happens that if you have an antenna that's really good at pulling in far-off, long-away locations, it's also going to be really, really good at pulling in very loud and extremely close signals, right? Mm -hmm. Such as RFI. 
So there are instances where you do need chokes added to your coax and feed line and all that stuff. The problem is, is that you're well past that point from what it sounds like. There's really no amount of chokes that you can add because your problem is not common mode current that you're picking up on the shield of the coax, the outer shield of the coax. The problem is, is you are picking up local emitters of, well, spurious interference, spurious transmissions, RFI. They are, they could be electronic devices. They could be anything that, that is electronic, even something that doesn't have an antenna. It could be the power supply for a refrigerator, right? It could be the, the garage door opener of your neighbor's home. It could be the charge controller for the solar system that, again, another neighbor is using. It could be cheap LED lights with their pulse-width modulation power control systems, right? All that stuff could be creating the RFI that is causing your noise floor to be as high as it is. And because you did the big first test of shutting off the power to determine where is the RFI coming from, and you found that after shutting off, you had no difference in the noise floor. That is, as Leia already refers to it, it's not coming from inside your home. So what that means is you have to start your own personal fox hunt to determine where the power or where the noise is coming from. And there's lots of ways you can do it. Right, you can go um, go start searching online. You can go look at some of my videos. The cheapest way to get started with this is to use a shortwave receiver, uh, a store-bought one, like a C-Crane single sideband Skywave, right? <clears throat> you could also use a, a tiny SA. The tiny spectrum analyzer could be used as a um, an RFI hunting device. Now, you, you would likely need to go and get yourself some kind of a Yagi or a direction-finding antenna to help best find and locally locally determine where that noise is coming from. There is myriad of approaches of doing that. There are lots of videos. I have talked about it at length. I actually kind of walked through my issues in tracking down power line noise and then also reported on working with the power line company to get that sorted out. Uh, that could be your problem. It could be a power line noise, a failure in some of the connectors on the top of the power line that causes the problem. And, and that's a real thing that happens often. But I've, excuse me, unfortunately, without you going through and, and doing the due diligence of trying to track down where the noise is coming from, there isn't much I can tell you to do. But unfortunately, it sounds like it's all going to be investigations outside of your home at this point. Yeah. That's tough, buddy. Oh, one more thing. You could get the antenna like ridiculously higher up off the ground. That could help you. Mm. Well, Brian says not being able to successfully use my $1,300 radio has me thinking about selling it. Not sure I want to haul the FTDX10 out for potos. If you're a member of a club, you might be able to engage with them to help you track down where the noise is coming from. That might Yeah, be and they show up like a gang. You tell people to get rid of their spurious emissions. You're spuriously emitting in the wrong turf, dog. <laughs> Thanks for all you do for Ham Radio and for the great podcast. 73KG2BAD signs off, Brian. Well, thank you so much and good luck uh, hunting down I'm your sorry, interference. I'm sorry, was this suffix BAD? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do I mean that he's already... 
K, good to bad. That's... <laughs> there you go. All right. The next email is titled 43 Years Before the Mass, Not a Novel. Mm. Okay. Well, thanks, Steve. <laughs> this says, Josh and Leia, no way I get past the three-minute timer. So here's an email to let you know how much I enjoy your podcast. Oh, thank well, you. Well, thank you for listening. I really look forward to each week's episode. The podcast is a great counterpoise to the content on other segments of the HRCC Media Empire. Together, you guys are really grounded. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. I admire Leia working through the CW each week and her grace as she is put on the spot. I don't know that I'm very graceful. <laughs> I'm a bit curmudgeon about it, but thank you. I'm old enough to remember that my ham exam was in front of an FCC examiner with a skinny black tie in my capital city. He really put us on the spot with CW during the test. He cranked the machines to 21 words per minute. That's what I was doing with Leia. She was on 20 words a minute. I was a little bit of a jerk. Our test was supposed to be 13 words per minute. Got just enough. Thanks, Leia. And press on. That's fine. You know what? I don't mind the overshoot, the six sigming of the process. I figured as much. Yeah. Because I think maybe the first round should always be the higher speed. Okay. And then the second round should be at the lower speed. Okay. I can yeah. see that. Yeah. Yeah. I download each episode to my phone, pop in the earbuds, and go after the weekend chores. Well, thank you for uh -huh. having us along. Yeah. This past weekend, I was up on my roof removing masks from my house and was pleased as Josh was actually talking about masks. Oh. I hope I could share my experiences. My first mast back in college consisted of two 20-foot sections of irrigation pipe guide in three spots. One of my college buddies had a nearby family farm and lent them to me. He didn't tell his dad. I drilled holes all through those things to guy them up, and they worked for two years through wind, snow, freezing rain, and college kits. DX in the dorm. My friend's dad was not so happy when we returned the pipes. Too many holes. Oh, no. He said he liked his pipe with only two, one at each end. <laughs> My second mast was an actual wooden mast on a sailboat with an insulated backstay as the antenna. Solar Cycle 2223 let me work around the world QRP with CW SSB. FT8 would have been awesome back then. It always blew me away what you could do with just a wire and a good ground. Mm -hmm. 15 years as a liveaboard, I was even able to work satellites, maritime, mobile. How Gotta watch years? the rigging, though. 15 years. So this is really fascinating to me because one of my favorite content creators is actually a chef on a boat, mm -hmm. a yacht, right? And uh, I guess she does. They do other things. But Okay. <laughs> on, the, on the yacht. But just living aboard a ship seems like so much fun. Yeah. Uh okay. I think But well, you I, missed your calling. It's called the Navy. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, Steve continues. Today I have 
two 60-foot fiberglass telescoping masts on either end of my house made by Max Gain Systems. They are attached to the house with eave brackets and then guide at two spots above. I run a wire flat top at the 60-foot height over my house and then angle down to 20 feet height in my side yards to lead around to the back of my yard and complete a 180-foot loop. Home Depot buckets half filled with cement and those four-foot surplus Army U.S. Army mess tent poles got me the height around the backyard. This is fed with ladder line into the shack. These fiberglass telescoping masks were installed in 2008. As I take them down this weekend, I have never had a problem. Wow. We get gusts up to 62 miles per hour plus here during Santa Ana winds. Mm -hmm. Oh, you're in SoCal. Okay. Uh, Santa Ana winds and these masks have endured. The friction grips between the sections have held up all this time. With all the UV we get in Southern California, the fiberglass has held up. Wow. The army tent poles held up as well with just a little bit of fiber shed. I love the spider pole for portable operations, but these max gain masks are well made and hold up for extended mounting and use. Google MG4SU.com. All right, and we'll drop that in the show notes. Yeah, that's awesome. I never planned to have an antenna fed with ladder line, but on my small hillside lot, it has proven very effective. I went this direction because I got a great deal on an old Heathkit tuner at a local swap meet. This old Heathkit 2060 tuner handles both coax and balanced ladder line to one kilowatt. It tunes 160 meters to 10 meters. With both the vertical and horizontal components to my loop antenna, I am able to work Inves net control on 80 meters as well as DX to Asia slash Oceania or Europe on 10 uh, and 15 meters with a little solar cycle help. Mm-hmm. Very happy for such a small space. I could not afford the price the seller was asking for the tuner, but on the way out, he asked me what I had in my pocket. A great $80 swap meet deal. Oh, That nice. is awesome. Have you ever been to the TRW swap meet? Yes. Oh, yes. Yes. Many times. <laughs> and is- I've gotten many good deals there. It has been held the last Saturday of every month for the last 40 plus or minus years in Redondo Beach. Except COVID. Right. There was a pause for COVID. And is sponsored by the TRW Ham Club. Back in the 80s and 90s, there was some cool aerospace military surplus stuff from the different contractors. I found a gyro-stabilized antenna mount that I used to hold a direct TV dish on a oh, sailboat at Catalina that's Island. smart. $100 and a pick controller. Also, a 440 megahertz cavity filter removed from a tank. A tank. Lots of NOS ham parts and rigs these days. They have exams every month. The swap meet might be an interesting video or visit. W6TRW.com. I already have a video. Yeah, Josh. I think I have two videos. The weirdest thing I saw at that swap meet was a portable wind tunnel. I'm not kidding. We got uh, a bike trailer for the kids there. Bike trailer for the too. kids, multiple toys for the kids. Um, there was a, oh, there was a couple of items that I missed out on that really bugged me, like the crab television. Mm. It was a CRT. Yes. That had a crab. Yeah. What a shame. What a shame. Missed for that you. one. That one was a, that was tough to let that go. Tough loss. 
All right, Josh, I wonder if you're interested in covering topics slightly outside of ham radio. There's some interesting project with the Raspberry Pi and SDR reception of ADSB aircraft beacons and National Weather Service high altitude balloons and more at rtl-sdr.com. I remember you did a video of the group in San Diego that were repurposing radio... Sons. Sons. <laughs> From the NWS for amateur use, they were they were stealing the NOAA, <laughs> not stealing, but um. So the first question, yeah, I I absolutely will cover things if it's radio related. I I I'm I'm interested in covering it. Um, I already have also done a video on ADSB. Okay. Um, I do have ADSB Exchange running at my home QTH, and in fact, I can hear. I, I put up a couple of antennas on the roof for ADSB. Mm, okay. I hear way down into like Mexico from planes that are flying overhead. Oh. Like because they're they're high up, right? right. So I can see them coming a long way out. Yeah. The the problem is there was a bit of a kerfuffle with ADSB exchange, which was kind of like the the jam. Mm -hmm. Um I need to reach out to one of my admins to figure out if it's the right time to do that video or not. Apparently so uh, to give you the, the, the most Cliff Notes version of this, there are a couple of people that got together and made this like ADSB system that you could download um, and mm -hmm. run off of Raspberry Pi. Mm -hmm. It would upload to a, a web service. And uh, they were some of the guys who got prominence for like tracking uh, Elon Musk's plane. Oh. And a lot of private aircraft. They track okay. it, right? All right. One of the guys, I guess, like just up and sold the software without coordinating with the people that were involved oh and then was just like hey it's mine i'll do what i want like i own the name so i just do what? whatever i want i'm sure i am greatly not accounting for all of the nuances here but because of that it's kind of been a hot topic that i haven't really felt comfortable in touching into because it's gonna be less about the technology and more about like the hot drama mm. and i don't want to come off as like choosing a side because i don't know sure. enough about it to, right. to choose a side mm -hmm. so i you do love I, the hot tea so yeah i'm i'm fine with hot tea but i need to know where i'm at with all of it so i haven't done anything with it all right fyi so there is interest in tracking these balloons as they are launched by the Weather Service and finding them in the field. Sondahub.org has a real-time map of balloons and trackers around the world. There is a Raspberry Pi Docker image of the software needed to do the tracking and send data to an aggregator. Um, Steve has dropped a link for an intro mm -hmm. where you can Google auto underscore rx i think the software was written by grad students in australia these balloons are launched at zero z and um, zulu's time oh zero zulu and 12 zulu is that okay so you get twice daily direction finding yeah. challenge from over 320 launch sites. Vandenberg goes nuts with these balloons before SpaceX launches. Then something cool like a five-channel coherent Kraken SDR will point you right to the landing spot. You can Google or YouTube that, KrakenRF.com. I've tried with just an HT and can copy one of the 400 
to 404 megahertz beacons with little issue. I used a shortened Yagi and a VX6. And of course, ADSB tracking for services like FlightAware and ADSB Exchange use Raspberry Pi that might make interesting content for hams. FlightAware has a Raspberry Pi image and tutorials to get a start. Uh, I have FlightAware and I have ADSB Exchange. I have many of these things. I have all of it and I have some pretty nice antennas on the roof. Mm-hmm. I just haven't felt that and we're there that we're in a, that it's not too soon <laughs> I, I i need to i i am a, enough of a neophyte and outside of the community that i can't just like step in and be like watch out here comes my video right, right. i just be totally tone deaf to what's going on right, right. right. so I, I gotta i gotta ask some questions to the right people before i go uh just diving into it all right well steve says see i ramble that timer would have got me for sure once again thank you guys for making the time each week to do the podcast love the banter and the laughter wish you all the best cheers steve n8ou thank you so much steve such great ideas appreciate the email and all the links which i will drop in the show notes appreciate the next email is titled amazon prime don'ts (laughs) Okay, I'm going to, what there, did you buy? What did you buy for Prime Day? Nothing. Really? Okay, because I I have long. Wait, I, I, I bought lots of things, but I don't know that they were Prime Day. But now that I think about it, um, oh, I have dead. long said, do not buy things on Prime Day just because they look like they're discounted. You need to be we using something like Camel, Camel, Camel mm-hmm. or Honey to prove that it is actually a deal versus a recent price hike. So that they could discount it back down, right? Prime Day was specifically what? The 10th and 11th? Yes. And I think Amazon has a lawsuit going on right now where Prime users Mm -hmm. are suing Amazon in a class action specifically because they did this uh, pricing action where it made it look like there was a larger percentage off for Prime customers. Right. Also not meeting the two-day delivery window mm-hmm. and things like that. So uh, if you're into class action lawsuits, you can go Google that. But I did buy a few things for Prime Day that I was sure were actual deals based on pricing history. Okay. Let's hear it. One of them is a new chair for the podcast studio because right now you are sitting on a dining chair. That really messes with my office's aesthetic. So look forward to me sitting on an uncomfortable stool. No, it's actually a really nice cushion chair. Oh, I might is? actually swap this one with yours you because the I space for this in here. I like to sit cross-legged. You do, and the chair I got allows you to sit cross-legged. I mean, we don't have the space for this in here. Well, once you get rid of that chair, and that chair will um, sit under the table. Oh, it will. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, the other thing I got was uh, fabric planter pots. Uh, yes, I know why that is. Yep. Yeah. And then I got, so one of my friends has an uni pizza oven. Yes. And I actually. Oh, this is that thing. Okay. Okay. I yeah, really. You, you did give me the hint on this. I liked the uni pizza oven because it cooked the pizza so quickly. But it only has one heat source. It's it's the back. 
right? Yeah, yeah. So and and technically, like a coal fire oven is kind of also the back. It's where the fire is, right? And it's just an ambient temperature, ambient heat that it's holding on to. Sure. Uh, the uni is ridiculously priced, and because it was running on propane, uh, I think it was a, a little bit clunky. Anyways, I got a pizza oven that works with our existing grill, so it sits on top of the grill, uses the, the heat Weber. off of the grill. No, my propane grill that has the housing. It sits, yeah. It's designed for that grill? Mm-hmm. Are you sure? Yeah. Okay. Wow. Okay. So we're going to have pizza because Josh and I have decided to have a sourdough starter off. That's what you we're going to You have been asking me if I want to do it. I want to do it. I want to do it. And I went and bought some stuff. My goal was to get rid of a bunch of flour, all-purpose flour that we bought in preparation for the panoramic. She did not tell me she had goals. She just kept saying do you want to make a starter? Do you want to make a starter? Do you want to make a starter? Like a challenge. Like and then Josh, and, and by and the way. Do you know what? Sure. We have an insane amount of ball jars, wide mouth ball jars, and multiple sizes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Josh went and bought weck jars mm -hmm. just for this. Yeah, I did. Unnecessary. I bought, I bought specialty flour. And I bought Weck jars because I knew that every day I was going to be cleaning these stupid things out. And I hate cleaning jars. I hate cleaning uh, mason jars in particular because they are, they're neck down. Mm -hmm. Weck jars are much wider. Just put it in the dishwasher, man. No. Uh, why? I'm not going to waste the, the effort on that when it takes me like two seconds to wash it after I just hit it with some hot water and you're done. sanitizing your stuff why why is it gonna get moldy that's what happens when you don't sanitize your jars are you running it on sanitize mode in the i'm running a super hot water in a dishwasher yeah i'm running super hot water through okay. my uh... all right we'll see have fun with that all right <laughs> then so did you buy anything for Prime Day before we get into Edward's uh, Amazon Prime don'ts? Um, not really. I had a a return, like I bought something, uh -huh. and then it just said, running behind, it may show up, but if you'd like to just cancel it and order again, you can at no cost to you. Why would you cancel it and order it again? Because it, they just stopped updating the status for it. What? It just says running behind as of a month ago. What? With it with no telling when it's going to show up. And I went, what? "Okay." And they're like, "Well, so you can report it as uh not showing up at this point and we'll just resend you one and if it ever does show up, you can you can send it back to us, I guess." <laughs> like it's it's really vague on like how all this happened. Um I also bought some Hero or Hero V60 paper filters, but I did that today. For coffee, because we got to brew a lot of coffee. Yeah. Bought some more paper filters. For the uh, Ham Radio Crash Course Coffee Club. That's the... I have been... I have been... That's the HRCCCC. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's right. The HRCCCC. Yes. <laughs> um, there is a lot of coffee that I have to drink to determine what we're going to do with my favorite flavors going forward. Here. Yes. 
All right. So Edward says, hey, Josh and Leia, last year I sold my FT-818 to a guy getting into the hobby. Life and work changes told me I would have time to use it. And I knew he was getting into the hobby, didn't have a radio, and I could use the cash. Imagine my surprise when literally the next day I see the news that they stopped production of it. Oh, no. I told him the I news. I could just always go and get another yeah. one of these. <laughs> They're going to be around forever. I told him the news and just asked that he take care of it and enjoy it. The new job has me assigned to a ship home ported away from my family from periods of time. And I've been able to find time, more time than I anticipated. I mentioned potentially buying a new radio to my wife and she made a joke suggestion to look for another radio on facebook marketplace okay i take a shot in the dark lo and behold i find an ad for a shegu x6100 for a, a price i could entertain i message the seller asking if he's willing to trade since i have equipment i don't use and figured he might want something i had i propose my chameleon empaz 2.0 have uh, which was honestly an overly optimistic purchase at the time. Mm-hmm. He agrees. He agrees for a one-to-one trade. Sweet. Yeah, it's probably pretty close to the same. Since I had an antenna and no radio, I now have a radio with no antenna. Clearly, I need. <laughs> I needed another antenna. Fortunately, I enjoy that antenna building part of the hobby and started working on an NFET half wave to use on 20, uh, 40, 20 meters. And I wanted to figure out a highly portable mass to get it in the air when I have time off. Mm-hmm. Through Reddit posts and amateur radio forums, I came across a fly fishing rod on Amazon for around $30. The item page had my interest, but the first review gained my attention. And there is a link to a Gocher telescopic Tenkara fishing rod uh, that is a carbon fiber telescoping ultralight. Telescoping. Yeah, telescoping. <laughs> I bought it and I'm willing and I'm waiting on it to be delivered. I scroll through Amazon the days later during their prime deals and the reduced price is exactly the same as what it was when I purchased it. Exactly, Edward. Because it's a scam. Yep. I figured uh, you both would find interest in it. Love the podcast. My wife gives me a hard time listening to you two, but she and I will listen and talk about the topics. Keep it up. Well, hey, Ed's wife. Thank Wait, you for listening. Wait, what is she saying about us? <laughs> Wait a second. That's uh, 73 Ed KO4BJP. Well, uh, I can't wait to hear about what happens when you get that Tenkara I can't rod. Wait for the apology from your wife. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right. And yeah, I mean, that's pretty, that's pretty nice being able to trade and then make your own antenna. Yeah, I love that. In in fact, I mean the industrious. The, the chameleon antenna is pretty expensive. The Mpass light or the Mpass, all of them are, are they can be pretty expensive. So you you could probably do a straight exchange for like a, a radio, like a sixty one hundred for sure, a used one. All right. The next email is titled Wells State Park in Massachusetts, and this comes from Chief Head Volunteer Podcast Co-Producer Nathan. Mm-hmm. Hi, Josh and Leia. 
I have attached a few photos from my recent activation at Wells State Park K2462 in Massachusetts. This was the same park activated by AA0Z and KC5HWB, Kyle and Jason, but a week or more later. I used a different activation location than them, just following current signage. I used this pavilion and my Wolf River coils antenna and a screen. And I'm going to show Josh the pictures. This is yeah. the camping area. Okay. Oh, a nice little pavilion. Nice. There's, There's the screen. An antenna. That's the radio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stuff. Okay, there you go. And stuff. Radio <laughs> Estufa. I will soon be looking uh, into the new idea of a Faraday cloth as the new magic carpet. KB9VBR did an excellent video testing that out. It would definitely be an improvement on a roll of screen and easier to pack. You should look at the funny uses Amazon shows for Faraday cloth. Yet it can work for us. Back to Well State Park, 67 contacts. 73, K1, MAZ, Nathan, and Southern Vermont. I did buy that today. You did? The Faraday cloth. All right. So uh, I I loved, it was at KB9VBR. Is that his call sign? The the one he's mentioning, the YouTuber? Okay. Is that, he mentions it. He, he Is it KB9VBR or something? KB9? KB9VBR. Okay, good. Yeah. He found out. So, you know, the vertical antennas, right? You got a big vertical thing sticking up in the air. You usually have to have radials underneath it, mm -hmm. like lengths of wire, a bunch of different bundles of these wires. So I don't know if he came up with it or who discovered it, but he was like, what if we just take like a big long length of screen door? Okay. Screen, just metal screen. Yeah. Lay it out, put the antenna on top of it, maybe stake it, you know, in the corners, and then just take an alligator clip from one side of it into the antenna's negative side, mm -hmm. that's your radial system, the whole radial system. If you oh. take the screen, it's just big surface area. Right. And that's all really you need for a radial network is just a lot of surface area. Interesting. So he laid it so out there. you don't have to like lay out, spread out all, this all wires these radials. And rewind them and all that. You just roll up screen, right? Yeah, really that's smart. really smart. Really smart. And, and deservedly, his videos on that just took off. So... They, they, it, it works as a, it's really effective for your antenna, et cetera, et cetera, all that stuff. Well, screen door material, like rolling that up use after use and laying it back down, it's not very good for this. It's not designed for that, right? Leia? Right. Not, it's like you mm -hmm. stab yourself, you know. Sure, stabbies. Well, Faraday cloth is this like weird stuff that you can buy off of Amazon that like people are using to sew into EMP bags. Sure. Well, you can buy it 44 inches by 118 inch swaths of this stuff okay. for like 40 bucks. All right. So I bought it. He made the video on it. Go watch his video. It's really, really good. And the cloth is way more forgiving and way easier to use than screen door material. But I'll uh, like you can fold it up. You can do all kinds of stuff. You can sew. You can sew it like into a quilt. I may, I may actually take this to my mom. And have her make a ham radio quilt oh, and have man. it in the center. She'll be so happy you asked her to do this. Because like, why not? It'd be real. And then you just lay the quilt out, and there's your there's your whole thing. Too bad. Too bad you didn't let her pay for dinner. Now she's well. Now she can you. pay for that. <laughs> now she's mad at you. Yeah. <laughs> so.
did get really mad at that because I had did. the audacity to pay for dinner. Jesus. <laughs> All right. Well, the next email is titled More A-Frames and a Viral YouTube. And this comes from longtime friend of the show, our um, jack-of-all-trades, master-of-all, Doug. Okay, Doug. Hey, Josh and Leia. Greetings from KV8M, Animal Rescuer, Skydiver, HRCC, VE Tester, Troubadour, and all-around ham radio operator. A troubadour? Wow. (laughs) I'd figure I'd weigh in on the A-frame topic. My use of an A-frame is very different from others. I would bet that some of those uh, in the fire service listening will relate. Our animal rescue team, Nature's Way Animal Rescue, and that's a... Uh, there's a link to that. I'll drop that in the show notes. Uses an A-frame as one way of animal extrication. I've attached a photo of its use during a training we were giving to the West Virginia National Guard. This rotation, we were teaching animal mud rescue. We had a life-size horse mannequin that weighed about 750 pounds and sunk into the mud. If you've ever tried to walk in mud, you soon realize that the suction can remove your shoes. The same suction effect can trap an animal, in this case, a horse. Mm-hmm. If you try to pull the horse free, you can cause severe injury, including literally pulling the hooves off an animal. Naturally, the animal would then be euthanized and it would be a recovery versus a rescue. Yeah, We have an apparatus that handles the suction caused by the mud. We insert four needles by the legs of the animal Airlines are attached to these, then run oh, to a manifold. They blow it. Blow the it. manifold is attached to a compressed air mm-hmm. cylinder. We also use a Becker sling attached to the A-frame. Uh, there is a link to that. Before any operation has begun, at the OK from a vet, the animal is sedated. A-frame is set up and ropes are attached. Mm-hmm. The sling is rigged to the A-frame via rescue rope and attached to the horse. All the needles are pushed into the mud beside each leg and the A-frame is pulled into position. Simultaneously, the manifold is opened, which allows air to flow through the needles and breaks the suction by the legs while the animal is hoisted out of the mud and moved to stable ground using the A-frame. This is more complicated than it sounds, so proper training is required, especially regarding the sling and the operation of the A-frame. Once the horse has been rescued, it is monitored by a vet tech on our team under the guide of a vet. Watching the process is cool and has has proven to work well. And that's amazing. What what a smart way to solve. Oh, yeah. That's no joke, yeah. too. That was still one of the most uh, shocking things for me when I went to Alaska mm-hmm. one of the times with my dad yeah. to go hang out with Scotty. Mm-hmm. And we were driving. The moose rescue? No. We're oh. driving down like <laughs> the Anchorage coast or something like that. And there's these, you know, the, the water comes in and goes out the tides, right? But it's mm-hmm. like mud. Right. And he's like, yeah, back when I was a kid, there was a couple of kids that went out and uh, they were screwing around in the mud and one of them got sunk up to his waist. And they uh, they brought a helicopter out to like hoist him out. Rip the kid in half. What? <laughs> Just how Scotty. Was that, a, del- was that a joke? I don't think. Well, it's Scotty. Scotty's very like straightforward. Very matter of fact. Very yeah. matter of fact. He told me that. It's just, it stuck with me from that moment on. I'm like. It was not quicksand we should be worried about. Yes, it was that mud. dang mud. It's the dang mud. I don't know if that story is true or not, but like, we'll I'm have sure. have to ask him. 
I'm sure like I, I that stuck with me from like 10 year old Josh <laughs> hearing that and being like, what? <laughs> Ripped a kid in half with a helicopter. What are you talking about? Yeah. Radio-wise, a couple of episodes ago, Andrew, K-E-8-F-H-B, noted he had become an extra. Congrats, Andrew. And there was mention of Carlos, KD-9-O-L-N, now K-9-O-L, and of parachute mobile, VE testing, etc. Mm-hmm. Pretty comical. I'm just saying there's a song in the works regarding this. You gave me a great idea. Stay tuned. Well, we always love your mu- musical stylings, Doug. So looking forward to it. Also, I don't know if it's a good thing or not, but I had put a video on YouTube of my contact with the ISS earlier this summer. Apparently, somebody grabbed it and put it on Instagram. It has now shown up on Twitter, Reddit, and TikTok. My YouTube channel now has over 17,000 subscribers, and that video has 334,000 views. Wow. I can't respond to all the comments anymore. Josh, I don't know how you keep up. I guess any publicity is good publicity, and I've got more videos coming. And Doug has dropped that link to the video. Thank you. That will go in the show notes. And well done. 334,000 views. That's awesome. Yeah, I only get like one or two of those a year. So that's look at you. You're doing pretty good. I'm, I'm glad, or at least I hope, that whomever picked it up uh, that went to Instagram and Facebook or whatever, they actually like gave you credit. It sounds right. like they probably yeah. did, maybe, because it, it shared some... Uh, some links there but yeah good good for you great job i think i probably watched that video too anyway until next time look for you on the air take care and 73 doug kb 8m thanks so much doug that's uh and i can't wait to go look at that video very exciting you You went viral the next email is titled ritty t-shirt idea and this comes from chief head volunteer podcast co-producer nathan nathan Yes. So Josh's latest video basically wrote its own T-shirt, a T-shirt that looks like an old dating service or techno design, maybe from the 80s or 90s. Find passion on Riddy. They may just be your type. Just an idea to add to the overflowing inbox of leaning tower of shirt ideas. RTTY is radio teletype. I get it. Yeah. That's okay, you write that down, and if we make it, Nathan will get one. Always remember to funny, dust Nathan. the outbox. 73K1MAZ, Norman, Southern Virginia. I mean, Nathan, Southern Vermont. And now it's time. It's the final email. And this last email comes from Chief Head Volunteer Podcast co-producer, Nathan. And it is titled Sweet Pond State Park. To Josh, Leia, and any person that needs a ham radio hug, greetings. The next park I went to on my way home from Massachusetts was Sweet Pond State Park, K3146. I saw this was in the middle of nowhere and had never even, never in my life even heard of it. It is an undeveloped state park with no phone or visitor facilities. It has a dam of some sort and a few trails and a small parking lot. As you may be able to see from some of the pictures, it has a bunch of straight trees close together. So very ideal to bungee cord my carbon six mass to a tree and my 10 tennas and fed half wave to another tree. Honestly, I had never tested my SWR 
or even really use that NFED portable and was depending on the wire I had measured out at my house way back in time. I was very surprised that the SWR readings I got as good um, as can be seen in one of my photos, 10, 15, 20, and 40 meters close to 5.1 to 1. 20 contacts till foreign music took over my frequency. I even had a contact with someone at Fort Drummer State Park, one Jason and Kyle activated in Vermont. It's the park next to Park North, 20 minutes away. They were operating under their own call and WE4DX. Very nice since I wanted to do that park, but it was getting late. Poda on and just get that antenna up. 73, K1, MAZ, Nathan, Sierra, Whiskey, Victor, Tango. Very good. Well, thank you, Nathan, for that. It sounds like you're like backtracking through all the parks that Kyle and Jason went to. That's pretty uh, cool, though. That's pretty cool, yeah. yeah. So I, I think that's... uh. I think that's fun. Maybe you should make some videos on that. I mean, put them. Absolutely. Yeah. Well. Well, thank you, everybody who uh, mailed in, called in, emailed in. Yes. We love hearing from you in whichever way you decide to communicate. And thank you. Yeah. If you are listening to this, like right after posting, Friday, the 13th, is Hellfest. So we're going to be playing some Held Fell. Uh, or Feld Hell on the uh, live stream. I'm going to do a special live stream for Friday. Just having some fun in a little radio event that a couple of buddies put together. So shout out to uh, to them using a mode of operation that pretty rare, pretty out of favor at this point, but um, super cool because again, it's like it's fax machine. It's like fax machine over the air, which is which is kind of fun. Okay. So yeah, if you if you got time with that, go check that out. Otherwise, uh, catch you for the Saturday live stream. And the rest of this month is just going to be fast and furious because uh, we're rolling into. By the way, there's an eclipse tomorrow morning or Saturday morning. I don't know. If oh you knew yes, that. I did so know that. That's another ham radio thing. And then we're going to have uh, jamborees on the air the following weekend. So yeah. whew, it's going to be a busy, busy time. And then. And then, of course, the Halloween episode, which I have uh, I have many, many interesting things lined up for that. So appreciate everybody listening. And uh, until we talk to you again, 73. 73.